Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now, starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Here's your host, Michael Ball. And away we go on this Wednesday, wherever you're listening, however you're listening. Thanks for making us part of your day. We do appreciate it. Let's get right after it. The text line's 936-6262. It's the easiest to interact with us. Uh, that's brought to you by the Capital Auto Group. We got some Rams stuff to give away today. Do we also have the other thing? We got two Ram giveaways today, yeah. and we have two pick the scores today. Two! Yeah, I'm feeling really Be generous. Be still my heart. Be still my heart. Uh, we're also going to hear from Riders OC, Kelly Jeffrey. We're going to hear from Riders kicker, Brett Lothar. We're going to hear from Riders receiver, Braden Lenius. We're going to hear from Riders safety. That would be uh, Jaden Dalkey, and we'll hear from the coach, Craig Dickinson, as well. So much to get to. Let's get to the uh, sports of the day. Canada beat the Republic of Ireland 2-1 at the uh, FIFA Women's World Cup. So Christine Sinclair came off the bench to make an impact. 40-year-old playing soccer. That is crazy tip of the cap to her. The Blue Jays are in action right now, and last I saw, they were in the lead. 2 nothing right now, Two bottom nothing. of the third. Yeah, they had bases loaded but couldn't capitalize there. They blew it last they, night, huh? Yeah, they did blow that it. That was disgusting. They had a 7-3 lead and lost to the oh. Dodgers, 8-7. Our boy Eric Swanson absolutely... <laughs> Soiled the sheets. Yeah. <laughs> he soiled the sheets, eh, did he? Hey, uh, speaking of boys, your boy, Aaron Rodgers, reworking his contract. He is going to, uh, he says he wants it to be, the Jets have given up significant pieces to have this be more than just a one-year deal. He turns 40 in December, but he's going to rework the contract. He says he has. Um uh, he had a what a fifty eight point three million dollar option bonus, fully guaranteed into twenty twenty four. Finally, you're the deal. The Packers. Look, he's not my boy anymore. All right, he is your guy. He's not my boy anymore. He won you a Super Jordan Bowl. Love is my boy. I'll be, of course, you have a soft spot in my heart. So but if I, I ain't if, if the for Packers him. out of the playoffs and Aaron Rodgers is taking on the San Francisco 49ers for the Super Bowl, you're taking the 49ers? I'm not cheering for anybody. I cheer for one team, and that's the green and gold, baby. Green Bay Packers. So you wouldn't be happy to see Rodgers win? I'm, I don't care. If it's not Green Bay, I don't care. Okay. I like it. I like don't that. you know me by now? I like that mentality. Good mentality, man. Good mentality. I like that. People are laughing all over the place. I know they're all out. They're laughing. Well, our our boss here, Andrew Dawson, can't be, he can't he can't believe you're on the air. To be quite honest with you, and I can't either. Uh, hey, how about the Leafs goalie Matt Murray's out indefinitely, going on the long term injured list. Sebastian Aho, don't call him that. Uh, eight years, seventy eight million dollar contract extension with the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, the status for Bowley by Mitchell still up in the air as he's continuing to practice or getting set for that game against the Ottawa Red Blacks. In other uh, sporting news, we can uh, get to this if I can find it. There it is. Um, so the uh, ratings are in for the Canadian Football League. And um, 
they're average about 538,000 for uh, all four games. The lowest uh, watch game was the the best one, maybe Calgary Ottawa on Sunday oh. when it was um that was a beautiful yeah, football 499,000 watched it. Uh almost fi- 560,000 watched the Ryder one in BC. That was the most watched game of the week. Uh, I'm looking forward to this football game are you coming oh, up yeah i am i like how it's at a different venue this year i'm not saying anything against wolfville nova scotia last year but i just hope the wi-fi the internet's a bit better this year you know <laughs> last year was a bit was you a were difficult. you were yeah from your perspective you're B.O. in the control room here let's just put it that way <laughs> you were sweating i was sweating bullets. you were sweating you were gonna have to cover it for a full three hours <laughs> yeah. eh? that's funny um if you, you want... excited to go you're the one going out there yeah you talk about but we're it. going late like we're getting there late, nine forty at night, and then you just get your stuff together. You should see all the stuff I got to haul for equipment because we're doing the show live from Ryderville on Friday. Yeah, and so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, it's a first world problem. Uh, it's a that's an they area poor balls. That's an area that's been ravaged though. I mean, they had fires, then flooding, and so uh, the game's going to take the mind off, uh, take the people's mind off that. Hopefully, um, Riders last I saw still ten point dogs. I mean, it's probably fitting their 10-point dogs. I think the Riders are going to win. Ooh. I think they're going to win the game. Hey, man. So I'm not just saying that because I'm the voice of the team. I think they're going to win the game. You, you mentioned fires. This has nothing to do with sports, but I just want to mention it quickly. I saw it today. Did you see that in New York City today? That no. crane fell no. and, and hit a building, and it was up in, it was up in flames. Really? Like 36 stories up. Smoke in the air. Like... Ooh, that was dangerous. I'm not sure if anyone got hurt or not, wow. but it was. Uh, there's yeah, a video of with it everything on, that on went Twitter. down in 9/11. You never like to I, see anything like that. That's what I was that. thinking. Like uh, yeah, yeah. you saw people like running away from the scene. Like you better believe, you know, they were thinking the worst yeah. at the time. You'll you'll always have uh, you'll always I hope have everyone's uh, okay. You'll always be scarred by something like that for sure. I saw uh, this is in country music. I saw Sinead O'Connor died mm-hmm. yeah. 56. Yeah. Did they say what she died from? No. Wow. No. Yes, I mean she's a bit out there, but she had a couple of songs. Yeah, nothing compares. Yeah, that was a good one too. You she had a big fight with Pope, with my favorite Pope, Pope John Paul II. Her yeah. and Pope John Paul II didn't see eye to eye on a few things. It's too bad. That's yeah. You not every day see. someone doesn't nope. see eye to eye with the Pope, the Grand Master. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, the Riders. I think I saw are like. Uh, what are their odds? Their odds to win the Grey Cup came out. I want to go through that here. Just give me one second. I'm look this up. I, I never this. understood these odds, considering well, I, I, there's nine teams in the yeah, league, and it's it like one here, in here we go. a million. So uh, the Argos have the best odds at plus 225. Bombers plus se- uh, 275. Lions plus 350. Alouettes plus 1,400. The Red Blacks plus 1,500. The Stampeders plus fifteen hundred. The Tiger Cats and Riders are plus sixteen hundred, and the Edmonton Elks are plus twenty five thousand. Plus twenty five grand, huh? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't understand those numbers to be honest. I don't, actually I, don't either. How could the Riders be ranked lower than Calgary? I don't get it. I don't know who makes those. Interesting. Probably the same people that run the stats or something. <laughs> Could very well be. Could very well be. Okay, so 936-6262, the number to text if you want to get in and weigh in. That's the number to call locally, 936-6262, Want to give a shout-out. Uh, I did during the broadcast, but it was nice to... Um, to meet, and she, they listened to our show quite a bit, Kelly Jeffrey's mom and dad, uh, Jimmy, and uh, Rosemarie. Rosemary, I think. Sorry, Jimmy and Rosemary, and then uh, their bro- his brother, um, 
believe it's Kerry was up from uh, all up from Oregon at the game. So it's kind of nice to okay. see that they were walking the streets of uh, Vancouver. Uh, obviously, it didn't go the way they, as a family, they wanted it to go. But I think this team's got a, this offense got a chip on its shoulder, especially Kelly Jeffrey. He was, you should have saw him, man. It was sweltering hot out there today, and he was running from sideline to sideline. He must have run about 20 wind sprints. No, He's a coach. But I think it's important for coaches to look the part, too, don't you? Well, yeah. you got to look I, like I you're couple, in shape. I had a couple coaches in my day. I'm not going to name any names, but you go up to them, and there's, like, barbecue stains all over the place. Yeah. And there's like you got barbecue stains on your white T-shirt. Breath stinks. Yeah. You know? Not a Tim McGrath. <laughs> just uh, all of the above. Who's coaching you? Oh, you don't want to know. Crazy. That's why we didn't win much. Crazy. Nah. Anyway, so nah, just um, so uh, yeah, the, Kelly Jeffrey is ready to go with that. I think he uh, he'd like to have a couple of calls back. Uh, but all in all, you'll hear from him in a bit. It's pretty uh, pretty pleased with how his teams looked in practice this week. They look more focused. He thought, and they're getting back some uh, healthy bodies, which is good for a big contest against the Toronto Argonauts. When we come back, though, we're going to hear from Brett Lother, the Nova Scotia kids going back for a second straight year for Touchdown Atlantic. This is the Sports Cage on six twenty CKRM. You're listening to the radio home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the Sports Cage on six twenty CKRM. Welcome back to the show. Blue Jays leading 2 nothing over the Dodgers. Top of the fourth. They got a man on first with nobody out. My Padres trailing the Pirates 2-1. In the bottom of the fifth, nobody... Well, they're just starting the bottom of the fifth. Uh, Cardinals 3-2 over the Arizona Diamondbacks. Bottom of the sixth. Washington over Colorado 5-4. That's a final. Miami beat Tampa 2-1. The Diamondbacks, or uh, check that, the uh, Rays have been struggling as of late. Uh, Cleveland whips Kansas City 8-3. Seattle outlasts Minnesota 8-7. And Milwaukee now kind of a... You know the Brewers leapfrogging the Reds. They beat yeah. the Reds today three nothing. So there Brew we go. Crew, the Brew Crew. Yeah, they're a team I don't mind. Like, no, they're yeah. one of those teams. Like you know, in uh, in hockey, you got like the Buffalo Sabers, or give me another team, Buffalo Sabers, or the um, Buffalo Sabers, New York Islanders. Uh, no, no, no. The Islanders. We had a feud with the Oilers. Probably the Rangers. Well, I like the. I don't mind the. Islanders. Anyways, in football, uh, you know. My team would probably be one of those. The Chargers, you'd like them, you don't like them. They're not, they're not yeah. real passionate. Um, and that would be that for me, too, in baseball. I the Milwaukee that, Brewers. I watched that first, speaking of yep. football, I yep. watched the first episode of the it's quarterback good. thing last good. night. That was pretty, and pretty I, good. The second one's real good. Is it? Oh, yeah. And I'm going to get into the third one. We're talking about the quarterbacks, Netflix. <laughs> they follow Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, and Marcus Mariota. Can I get a selfie? I want another oh. selfie. The lighting's really good. Who's Isn't more, that there's more. Oh, oh his wife's that, annoying too. Isn't that embarrassing? Yeah, his wife's annoying. And he's got the whole a, world. And Mahomes brought like it's a, people around him that make him annoying. It's his wife and his brother's annoying too. Yeah, I don't like the way he talks. Yeah. Well, he sounds like he sounds like Grover or Kermit the Frog. <laughs> yeah, he t- sounds like Kermit the Frog. Yeah, he does. Kind of looks like it too, doesn't he? Can't stand that guy. Maybe because he's a winner and so great. Anyway, all right. So let's get to this guy, Brett Lothar. He is going to Touchdown Atlantic once again. One of the representatives. He'll have a lot of people in the crowd once again. Thoughts, feelings, uh, emotions like a head of Touchdown Atlantic. 
Um, excited to get out there, but obviously um, a lot's happened out there with the, the fires, the flooding, other tragedies and stuff too. So thoughts and prayers to everyone out there, still people missing and stuff like that as well. But um, just obviously I'm, I'm personally excited to get to go home, see family and friends, but uh, your mind's a little bit elsewhere with what's going on and everyone back home. Can you give some insight into the weather situation there? You've been following it? Yeah, I guess it's pretty much cleared up mostly. Um, so there's a lot of, I guess everyone rallying together, the community out there, I don't want to say they're used to it, but there's been a lot happen the last few years and last couple decades. So um, a lot of good people out there try to help their neighbors and stuff as well. And uh, like I said, just still some people missing. So just thinking about them. Will, will this be nice to go out there and sort of take people's minds off of that situation, the, the ones that are able to come watch a football game and, and celebrate what this game is all about? Yeah, I mean, the football game, I guess, a little bit secondary right now, but hopefully for the people that need it, um, maybe it can take their mind off things. Maybe it's something that's fun in Halifax and uh, can kind of turn things around, but um, obviously it's tough. Uh, I'm a little ignorant speaking on the what's going on out there when I live out here now, but I get lots of feedback still from everyone back home, so I don't want to speak too much or pretend like I know everything, but I'm uh, just trying to stay in touch with everyone and just trying to lift their spirits any way I can. And, um, it's been tough times the last few years, but like I said, it's, there's a lot of strong people and everyone likes to help each other out there, so I know they'll be okay. What's it like for you uh, for that the week or the weekend going down there and the excitement level for people that are here that, that don't get to experience it? I mean, it's I love going back home. Obviously, uh, everyone I know, family, friends, everyone's out there, and um, but it's just another game. I don't want to downplay it at all, but there's 118 for us, and... Um, we need to worry about getting wins, getting back on track. Uh, I'm excited for everyone else. A lot of friends and family get to come see the game and um, obviously trying to expand and stuff from the bigger point of view of the CFL. But uh, for me, it's just another game and I got to keep it like that and uh, maybe try to try to get home at Christmas and stuff too or maybe stay an extra night to enjoy it. But for now, just focus on trying to get the win. Is it easier this year because you had the experience of last year for the team to go down there, do the travel, all that, and, and know the hype around the game? Yeah, maybe a bit easier for other guys to know what's going on. I was lucky enough to play my first uh, CFL game in, in Moncton, New Brunswick. So I guess this will be the third time around. Um, anytime I get to go back home, though, lots of fun. And for the other guys, I got to see the, the downtown and the waterfront. And um, we got to practice at St. Mary's, too. So it's a little familiar now. So hopefully this year, better result. How are you feeling physically? Um, coming around, I guess, uh, best way to put it. It's been tough a couple weeks, uh, not really getting to get out here, be with the guys, but, um, you know, you can, you can take some stuff and not feel some stuff on games and just trying to get through it. But it's, it's better than it's been the past couple weeks. I'll say that. I'll say, yeah, is it a positive sign the fact you're out here already for day one this week? Yeah. I mean, it feels good too, just to get moving around with the guys and, uh, just, you know, when you're inside and trying to get better, you don't really feel like you're a part of the team as much out here. You should be outside with the guys and I mean, trying to do everything I can to, to do that, but it was, uh, it was a lot worse than I was expecting. And, um, right now it's still taking longer than I was expecting but um, I'll be all right. How many people are you expecting for a fan base for yourself out there? Ooh, it's tough. I don't know how many people use the code and tickets last year is a lot. It's going to be similar. Everyone had a blast last year and wants to come back. So I'd just be guessing, but there's definitely going to be a couple hundred family and friends there. Have you been limited to what you can do in a game, kicking-wise, distance-wise, uh, placement-wise? I don't feel that way at all. Um, and I think even in the past or anything too, I always want to go out and uh, kick a lot more than what we do. But 
at the end of the day, it's on me. I haven't made one past 50 yards this year. I got to take responsibility for that and uh, maybe lose a little faith in what I can do. But I know each and every year I'm out here working hard and trying to hit from 56, 57 if it gives us a chance. And uh, I got to do a better job myself, but I don't feel limited at all. Does, has the injury played into that, do you think, the, the 50 plus? I don't know, but I guess uh, possibly. So I'm not sure. It's really not something I can answer, I guess. Right. I'm a little bit. Uh, on the side of like I'd rather kick more and try the long ones cover it like a punt um, but there's different situations and it's uh, it's not easy to make some of those tough decisions when it's in a game too so I would have loved to go out and try to hit that one from 52 and stuff as well but uh, the defense was playing great and we were pinning them deep so um, just got to respect every decision. Given how last year was you guys went out there like yeah, you obviously you ended up losing the game there was some discipline issues, I guess, during the game. And then you guys all pretty much got COVID. So is there any extra motivation this year to turn that around and have a better memory of it? Yeah, I mean, it was tough last year losing kind of in the last minute or so. I thought we were going to win that game. And uh, this year, obviously, want to win each and every game. And um, this one's just like any other. Like I said, we're 3-3 three and three at this point. So uh, we need to get back to winning here. Lost a couple in a row. And it'd be nice to go out there against a really good Argonauts team and get a win. I don't know if you have any insight, but what's your read on the, the, the expansion talks out there and if it'll ever happen? I feel like uh, a few years ago when we were doing this, I had a, a pretty good read and it was going to happen. And at this point now, um, don't know too much. Uh, obviously, it's like kind of a broken record. You think it's going to happen, you think it's going to happen, so it hasn't. Um, I'd love to see them even try a, a temporary model at St. Mary's for a couple of years where we're going to play and see if it's uh, kind of have a baseline if it can work. But um, you know what I mean? Hopefully, someday it does become a, a reality, and hopefully, I'm still playing by then. That's Brett Lother proudly representing his province in this game on Saturday, the Rough Riders against the Toronto Argonauts. Enoch Mwamba was the big representative last year for the Argos, but he hasn't played this year due to injury, but I'm sure he'll be in the mix in terms of uh, the pomp and pageantry surrounding that football game to an area that needs some relief in terms of uh, entertainment and take their mind off of... uh, the fires and the flooding that's been going on, just terrible down there in Nova Scotia. Good group of people down there. I like uh, Eastern Canada. Okay, so here's an opportunity for you to win our first Rams prize pack. You got season tickets to the Rams game. That's four games plus the preseason tilt. Yeah, five games altogether. Five games. You get a Rams backpack and other swag. All you got to do is call in 936-6262. What number did I wear on the Rams? Hmm. And I didn't play university. I wasn't smart enough. I played junior football with the Regina Rams. It's true. Uh, 1993 was my last year. What number did I wear on the Rams? That's right. It's about me. (laughs) Selfish. It's about me. Can they call and and text or what's the They can call and text. They can do both. Whoever has the... 306-936-6262, the number to call, or one 767 I wore number nine in a high school. I know what it is. But I did not wear this number in high school. Do you want to talk to someone about this? Sure, let's do it. Hi, who's this? Travis. Hi, Travis. How are you, bud? I'm well, and yourself? I'm doing great. Travis, what number did I wear on the Regina Rams? And yes, I did play football. No, I wasn't a water boy. <laughs> no, and I think it was number 10. Boom! Travis! That's right, number 10. That's right. 
Absolutely. Thanks for uh, knowing that. I don't know how you did, but that's great. I did pro- you Google? I've seen, I've seen you play many games with the Rams. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Well, I yeah, I played a few for sure. Um, so, Travis, you've got uh, the Ram season tickets to watch the stars of tomorrow today. you got a Ram backpack and other Ram stuff, okay? So you just hang on the phone there, Travis, and uh, we will uh, hook you up. By the way, who do you got, Riders or the Argos on Saturday? Well, I'm pulling for the Riders. I can't cheer for a city that would rather watch NFL myself. Yeah, no kidding, but that's all well and good, but do you think the Riders will win, or do you think Toronto's going to be a little too much? I think the Riders got a shot. Yeah, I think they're going to win too. The discipline thing's got to the discipline's got to continue to improve, though. Yeah, but it has been but it has been better than last year. They did take a couple of dumb penalties, but it's been a lot better than last year for sure. I think this could be a game that we might steal, and then it could springboard us. We're getting some uh, healthy guys back there. Okay, Travis, you hang on the phone, my friend. Okay. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Look at that first caller knew my number. That's right. Number 10, baby. Here's a true story. Can I tell you the truth? I I told you that true story, didn't I? I don't know. So here's what happened. This sure. is the honest to gosh truth. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I told you. Did I say that on the air? Uh, about your name? No, no, no. My name. On, uh, on the back? How they had a peel? Oh, like, that a was letter. Ryan Hall, your, the, yeah, the yeah. color commentator on the Rams broadcast this year. Yeah. They just saved the money, took the H off the, the, <laughs> the thing, and then uh, put the B on. So it went from Hall to Ball. And, and Brad Hirschmiller, who is a great guy, but a cheap trainer, yeah. cheap, a cheap equipment guy, he's like, I got to cut costs. And that's what we did. So I, I didn't even get to pick a number. I just became 10 and used it the whole time. So that's the story behind yeah, and, 10. And, and I just want to tell you that I'm the much more talented number 10. Like Ryan Hall was okay. Oh. I mean, what, what did Ryan Hall ever do in football? He was a ball hawk in the secondary. If yeah, I, but what did if he ever I'm do correct? after that? He kind of just went away. It's not like he won any city or provincial championships to coach or taught people how to tackle or fire up football on a couple of uh, indigenous uh, reservations. He never did it. Hey, did you Did you know that Ryan Hall? I believe Ryan Hall was on the coaching staff for Campbell Collegiate. When my Riffle Royals, me and my Riffle Royals eliminated them from the playoffs yeah. in 2009. Yeah, but I think he got back. Yeah, they the, won the Provincials the next year. Because so. they uh, <laughs> eliminated my son when he was on the Riffle Royals. So who, by the way, wore number 10 to honor his dad. Yeah, he did. And he wanted to be number 10 at UND, but he couldn't get that number. And now he has a chance to get that number. He said, Dad, if it's all the same to you, I'm just going to carve out number 35 for myself. So that's a good safety number, kid. Number 35 is a great safety he number. He wants his own identity. He that's wants his I... own. That's right. Fly, kid. Yeah, fly. Fly. Don't fly. hold him back. You and Mara just fly. Do Take your own thing. Take the chain off his neck and let him go, <laughs> it's, sw- it's a swag chain zinger. Wow. Anyway, that's let what Ryan Hall flourish. taught me. He taught me to have the swag chain. Yeah. This is the sports cage on 620 CKRM. 332 at the sports ticker. The Toronto Blue Jays are trying to bounce back after that devastating loss last night. I felt sick. I couldn't sleep. They blew a huge lead, and, uh, well, they're off to a pretty good start this afternoon. Top of five, up two to nothing in L.A. versus the Dodgers. So, fingers crossed, nothing silly happens like last night. Saskatchewan's best coverage of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is on the sports cage. Right here on the mighty 620 CKRM. All right, let's uh, keep the prize. The prize is going. 936-6262. The number to call right now. Pick the score for Sastel. 
You got to pick the score for the football game on Saturday. Riders, Argos, touchdown Atlantic. Second straight game for the Rough Riders doing this. They leave on Thursday tomorrow about 2.15. Some fans are going out ahead of time. Um, and they're bringing some alumni to the Riders, so it's going to be a great time down there. So 936-6262 or 1-866-767-0620. You call in, you pick the score, you automatically win tickets to the Riders uh, Ottawa Red Blacks game on August 6th here. That's a Sunday, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it is. And then uh, if you're closest to picking the score, you will. And I will tell you this, you're close to picking the score for the week or right on the money. Uh, you will get a $200 gift card to Sastel. And then you'll also be in the running for a sweet experience if we uh, throw your name into the draw drum to watch a game with three others next year at Mosaic Stadium, a Rough Rider game in a luxury suite. Let's go to the phones here, Western Pizza Hotline. Uh, you can't have won for 90 days. That's another thing. And, and Sean Kleisinger, our resident Santa, is checking his list. So here we go. Let's go to the phones. Who do we got here? Hello? Hello? Hi, who's this? Kit Swanton. Kit Swanton? Yeah. That's a nice name. Um, <laughs> when's the last time you've won? Have you won within 90 days here? Nope. Okay, good. I like that. Nope. Yeah. Okay, so you you have to pick a score now. Who? What's the score going to be on Saturday, Riders and the Boatman? Yeah, what's it going to be? Oh... Oh, 27 20 for the riders. We've already got that score. We had that score, did we oh. not? We had that score earlier. Yes, we had it yesterday. So pick a, pick another score. You can even go off by one point. Okay, 25 20. Okay, I'll give you that. For the riders or for Toronto? I'll go for the rider. Okay, that's good. That's good. You laugh like you don't really. You're not quite sure, and that's kind of a fair, fair feeling to have. Okay, so congratulations. You won tickets to go watch the game next Sunday, Riders and Ottawa here at Mosaic Stadium. That'll be a good one for you to to take somebody to. And now, if if the score turns out twenty five twenty. Uh, you will have your uh, uh, you'll have a two hundred dollar gift card to Sastel, and you'll be in the running to watch a game next year in a luxury suite. Doesn't that sound good? It sure does. Okay, hang on the phone. My buddy Sean Kleisinger will take some information from you. I do appreciate you calling in and listening. It's Sastel. Pick the score. Glad last week I had to get I got a couple practices under my belt, so that really kind of set the foundation and kind of broke the legs down before this week. Um, so I'm feeling really good. What I tell a lot of people is after the injury, I was only really down for about a week and a half, two weeks total. Um, so I had the base from training camp, so I didn't get too out of shape, and it I just kind of hit the ground running when I was cleared. So I feel really good. I kind of kept preparing like I was still playing, and that, that really did help me to come out here and really just play fast and keep it kind of like I didn't skip a beat. So I felt really good today. How is it adjusting to Mason Fine now? It's, it's fine. I've been with Mason for three years, so there's nothing new to that I haven't seen from him, and I think it's vice versa. So uh, we have that chemistry. We've been playing for a, for a while now together, so it's uh, whoever's out there, it's, we've all had that chemistry, so it's good. What yeah. was the injury, and when did it happen? Injury was the second play of the preseason against Winnipeg, and I lacerated my kidney. So I had some internal bleeding, and then, uh, so yeah, after the game, went to the bathroom, it was all blood, so I um, had to go to ER after that, and then stay the night in Winnipeg, and then from there, you know, had to take some time off, which I, which I was on the sixth game, so that was kind of a, a fluke fluke injury. I didn't think it was ever going to happen to me like that, but um, 
that's the way this game goes, right? And kind of take it how it is. And you know, I'm back, and it went went by quick. So I'm excited to get back. Right that's a scary injury when, it, like, I mean, a football player can, you know, yeah. nicks and bruises on your bones and muscles, but, mm -hmm. but uh, something like that. Yeah, that one. It, what I didn't know what happened until I got to, like, until after the game. So I played the first half after it happens. It was still hurting. I didn't know what was going on, and then. You know, I, I, the second half I started feeling nauseous, and then after the game, I went to the bathroom, and that's kind of what told what was going on. And then went to the ER, got the scans, and had like a small cut down there, and it was bleeding a bit, but it healed up pretty quick, which is which was a blessing. So no surgery, no nothing, and healed on its own, which was really good. Now that you're back, what do you feel like you bring to this offense? Just my presence, my presence, and my playmaking ability. You know, as I've shown before, that I'm a big target over the middle, and I got you know I'm kind of like that safety blanket for whatever. If they you know scramble the pocket and the quick passes, hot throws, and just those big plays. You know, I want to be there for me for all the boys to be able to make those plays. So that's what I kind of want to bring to this offense. What do you think you can do to help me? Just be there for him, you know, whatever communication, be there if he, you know, if he needs a play, if he needs a big one, if he needs a, an outlet, you know, I'm just going to be there for him no matter what. And he, he knows that, and I think I've told him, we've talked so many times about it. So we're on the same page, and he's, he, he has that safety blanket in me. So, yeah, it'll be good. What was it like coming back out here with Winicky today, too? Oh, well, we were just laughing. We were, last week, he, he kind of hinted that he's like, I think I'm going to be out there next week. And I kind of was like, okay. And then th this morning, he's like, yeah, I'm fully rolling off. And I gave a big hug. And then Trevor actually texted him and I in a group chat and just, you know, giving us love and you know supporting us and we gave him some love back so it was kind of kind of a special moment for all for him and I to be back you know obviously we're missing seven but we're gonna play for him he's always here in spirit but to be back with number one that's my guy we built that chemistry in camp and you know finally get to be out there with him this week so it'll be good what was the recovery like from, from that injury uh the first two weeks were did suck it felt like there was like I tell people picture just a big water balloon under your rib cage and you can't really stand up straight or nothing can't sleep on that side it just it's just a, it's just swollen, you know, and I, I taking deep breaths hurt, you know, moving fast hurt, but uh, I'm still able to cut the lawn and walk walk around and stuff, which was which was good, but um, yeah, it wasn't too painful for the like after the three three days of it, but I, after that it was just you know wait, waiting for the swelling to go down and kind of because I was kind of just like sitting to the right always and so like the muscles in the back were definitely on the right side overcompensating and stuff like that, but. Um, you know what? They took care of me, did all the right things, and I healed. The doctor said I, he's healed. I've healed faster than a kidney he's ever seen, especially the urologist. So uh, that was, which was, which was a great thing. So I'll take that. Did you initially think then the six week or the six game injury list would be longer? Uh, I mean, when it happened or when it was, when it was diagnosed? So when it, it was diagnosed in the ER, and they said like three months. Yeah. And now, they obviously, they give a worst case. Um, that kind of hurt, but I was like, you know what? We'll see as I, you know, as I heal everything, get back to the to Saskatchewan. We'll see the urologist, and then from there, I had my, a couple ultrasounds, a couple of CAT scans, and then when I had my last one, he's like, you're good to go. And I was right. I was cleared for everything before we went to Calgary, the first one we were away at Calgary, right before our, bi our first bye week. So I was cleared um, to do. Oh my bad, to go full go uh, right after that, and then that's what kind of I started to be able to work out. And but. Um, it was just the impact. I was cleared for everything, but I couldn't get hit. So that's why they kept me on the sixth game because if I were to hit that thing one more time, it would have, you know, that wouldn't have been good. So right, um, everything's good now. So now they gave you the, the green, green, green light. Contact. Exactly. Yeah, now okay. the green light for contact. Yeah. So what excites you about Touchdown Atlantic this week? What a week to come back. I didn't get to be there last year. I was in Atlanta last year, yeah. and I watched it from afar. So I'm fired up. This is uh, this is special because my mom and her company kind of started out in Ontario and Nova Scotia. So they're all going to be out there, and the family's flying out and. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be one big party. I'm, I've, I've never been out there. It's my first time that far, so I'm excited to see. I'm, I'm a West Coast guy in the water, so I'm excited to try some lobster and have all that cuisine and do all those things. But um, 
It's just going to be a special one because it's the first one, right? I went through camp, worked, worked my butt off, got better this year. And, you know, for it to be taken away right away, right off the start, that did hurt. But um, that's a part of it, and I'm just I'm just ready to go out there and show what I can do and help this team. So. How tough was it to be on the sidelines and watch and get that perspective that you don't really ever want to have? Um, it Like I said, it was tough, but you learn a lot about yourself. Yeah. You learn patience. You learn how to stick with the process and just, you know what, take your time and just enjoy whatever comes in your way, right? Because you can't control what you can't control, right? You can only control your the outcome and how you could, um, carry yourself. So I was just there in other ways for my teammates, supporting them mentally, you know, being there in their corner, vocal. Um, all I could do was just be there for them. And then, you know, what, that kind of helped me. And being around the brothers, if I didn't have them, it would have been a, a way tougher experience. So glad to have everybody rallying around me and, you know, supporting them, they supported me. Your thoughts about the other receivers who stepped up early on in the year, like to uh, Jones, yes. uh, Bane Jr., and Emelis? All those boys. Those, like, from day one in camp, I think you guys saw as well that those guys can play just as any of us, right? We have a special, special room, and for everybody, guys to go down for them, just keep the slack and keep it going, That's that just shows true professionalism and shows how good we are as a, as a full group, right? And once we all get healthy and we have everybody, it's, it's a scary sight, right? So it's for them, I commend them, I'm proud of them. I tell them every day that, you know, it, it, if it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't be in this position, right? So they, they, they carried the flag, carried the torch, and it was really good to see. Jake Hurst looks like he's going to be the new guy this week. Just your thoughts about him early on? Oh, Hurst. I mean, we saw him at camp too. He's 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 a good character dude, and he has a lot of fire. And he's he's a very quick, agile guy. So he brings a lot of fire to the offense. And um, I'm excited to see him go. If he gets to go, I'm I'm excited to see him roll. So it'll be awesome. That is Braden Lenius looking forward to getting back in the lineup. Man, that was a nasty injury. Got a lacerated uh, <laughs> internal bleeding's never fun. Um, okay, so we're through the first third of the season so yeah, the first six games, six, yeah. six games so we're going to give our first third of the season awards okay let's do this i yeah. had them written down yeah i i had them but now i've just got them in my head coach of the year i mean you can't go wrong with ryan dinwiddie he's got his team undefeated he's got a new contract coming off a great cup but i am going to give a very close honorable mention through the first six games to bobby dice Bobby Dice is a little-known quarterback, quarterback in his team right now. Masoli's gone for the year. They haven't won in forever, and he's got him rolling right now. So I think that'd be fair, right? Oh, yeah. Bobby Dice better thank Dustin Crum, though, if he's yeah. going to be nominated for this yeah. award. Yeah. So Rookie of the Year, I'm going with Austin Mack, the receiver for the Montreal Alouettes. He's leading all rookie receivers in yards, and he's got 30 catches. Yeah, and he's, he's been Cody's guy. He's only behind Dalton Schoen for yeah. receiving yards. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. No-brainer right yeah. there. Now, with that in mind, my Offensive Player of the Year has got to be Dalton Schoen. Mm. He's leading the league in receiving once again. And... Um, yeah, I'd say that's pretty fair. Although I, I could give an honorable mention to AJ Olette, who is second in the league in rushing, but has four touchdowns, which is right up there. So, uh, but I'm gonna go. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I do. Offense. Shown also has the most, I think, targets. Like he just gets the ball yeah, fed to him, but you know that's because he's good. So defensively. The defensive player of the year oh, so easy. far through the first six games is Matthew Betts. Matthew. Friend of the show. Ten quarterback sacks. Got that gimme sack at the end of the game in garbage time against the Riders, but he's got ten quarterback sacks. The Canadian record in the season is 15 sent by Brent Johnson, another former BC Lion player. So oh, he's going to break He'll that. break that for sure. I think going into last game, he was on pace for 33 or something. Yeah, he won't something get that, stupid. but he's, 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 and he's a great football player. Like, Awesome football player. Um, 
because he plays on kickoffs and everything. Uh, so he's the defensive player of the year. Uh, what else am I? Oh, the uh, special teams player of the year. Easy. Alfred. Mario. Yeah, he's leading the league in combined yardage when you take his punt return and kick return. What a stud. The, his kick return yards, not even close. Punt like, return, you mean? Punt return, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Not even close. Yeah. Janarian Grant is second place, and he's about like almost 200 yards behind them. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's so rare. So uh, big, so rare. Biggest uh, now, I'm just off the top of my head. Biggest positive surprise. I don't know why the Crumminator comes to mind right away. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's cr- good. One. The, the Crumminator comes to mind. Biggest negative is Edmonton. Biggest negative is Edmonton. I mean, I was trying to think of a comeback player. I don't. Me too. I, I was trying to think about that too. Is there a comeback player off the top of your head? Is there a comeback Vernon Adams? But he's not really comeback. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't. I was think... hoping it might have been for for his sake, Jeremiah Masoli, but that didn't last. Actually, you know what? Comeback player in the first six games. Let's tip our hat to him, Cody Fajardo. He's been the comeback player. He really has. He's he's at the top of a lot of the passing things. Did I, you know he's third in the league in quarterback I know, rating? I know. I know. That's what I mean. And it's hard to believe because he still runs around like a chicken with his head cut <laughs> off into sacks. But tip your cap to him. He's the comeback player of the year so far. Anyway, uh-huh. 936-6262. If you, uh, I, I wanted to say Darrell Walker. He had started well too in that first game. And then yeah, he got hurt. He scored bad, a touchdown. Huh? Yeah. Hopefully we could see him. He's been working out on the sidelines at practice. Hopefully we can see him uh, get back in there. Wouldn't it be nice to see Derek him? Moncrief? So far he's not yeah. back to Moncrief levels. He's starting to feel it though a little bit. So I'm looking forward to him having a big game here. I don't know, Zinger. I got I could be way off base, but I got a really good feeling about this. You one. feel it in your bones. I feel it in my in old your plums. Bones. In my plums. In my plums. I'm feeling it. <laughs> I'm feeling my plums too. I hey, think it's hey, <laughs> we're gonna take a break and be back on this family show here on the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Nobody covers your team like our team. This is the Sports Cage on the Mighty 620 CKRM. This afternoon at practice, I had a chance to catch up with uh, the Rough Riders offensive coordinator, Kelly Jeffrey. We knew it was going to be a battle um, with Mason with his first start. We wanted to make sure we protected him and for the most part, we did, uh, except for late in the game. And so some of the play calling, we just had to make sure that, um, you know, we were giving him a chance to succeed. So we did some run things, some RPO stuff where we could get him out of the pocket, get some short completions. Um, probably looking back, maybe take a few more shots in the game where we protect him well. We, we, uh, we were close on a couple. We hit one pretty big one to Tevin. But I think uh, as the game went on, at, you know, and we got an injury to Mitch Picton, we were – we didn't have five receivers the rest of the game, so we were in fullback the rest of the game, and as we got behind, it got to that point. It was a little bit tough to move the ball. They they knew we were down a receiver, and uh, so schematically it got tough in terms of pushing the ball down the field a little bit. But other than that, I was, I was happy with Mason. You know, he, he put up some good numbers, had some good decisions. He had a, an interception where we got a wrong route, kind of duped him into a bad throw, and another one was just on him. He worked the wrong side of the field, and otherwise he would have been good. So, um, yeah, overall... Uh, up and down, but which one was the bad route? Was that the one where Tevin Jones was jumping up and down when he was running kind of like a corner route there? Yeah, that one, so, yeah. He he had started uh, hello, and uh, as Mace started to throw the ball, Tevin went high, and so 
um, you know, we talk to our receivers. You, you can't do that. Once you set a line down the field, mm. you got to continue on that for the quarterback. And, and that's kind of what happened with that one. So that, that one is, you know, still probably contested. So I'm not saying it's a completion, but mm. it's probably not a, a, a pick at that point. But. Sometimes, though, a guy makes a great play. Now, on that other interception, I know maybe it wasn't exactly what you wanted from your quarterback, but Gary Peters made a heck of a play there, too. He did. And, and um, you know, that was one where we wanted to work that side of the field first. Uh, Mason, uh, earlier in the game, he got man. He worked the other side side of the field and uh and Bain went wide open they they turned him loose and he we had a guy open and he just missed him and so next time that play called around he was kind of thinking he'd work uh Bain's side again but they gave a different coverage so he's supposed to be working the other side so out of the break um Sam Emelis was wide open he, he ran a great route he's open but since we came to it all the way back across the field you know that's something where you just have to see the whole big picture and when you flash there with your eyes late a lot of times you don't see the big picture and the guy made a good play true but certainly we can do better talk about that third and two gamble a uh, coach said he thought you guys had the right play just came down to execution what did you see through your eyes yeah uh they just had an edge defender come off that we we're supposed to have uh, covered up with a receiver and we just got there really late um and you know obviously hindsight's 2020 yeah. maybe would have called something else but um I, I felt good about the play I still do. I think if we execute, you know, the it's the uncovered guy or the unblocked guy that came through. We have somebody for him. Um, you know, it was one of those things with a newer receiver. We had to have a, a slot receiver bump out to a wider slot mm-hmm. receiver because of the injury and uh, wasn't as sharp. And so that's probably on me, just making sure we have something everybody, you know, knows like the back of their hand. Let me ask you this. There's no slight on, on uh, Fine. I think he's got a great arm, and I think the kid's a smart kid. But would Trevor Harris maybe, uh, with that veteran presence, audible out of that or done something different? I, I don't know in that play, and, and with Trevor, we probably would have called something different. Just Mesa's got some mobility, and so if he ended up keeping that on the run, that was something that would be designed more for Mason. Um, you know, we, we give him that option. But with Trevor, you know, you kind of lock both sides in, and uh, you don't give him the option to run unless he has to. Yeah. Did you uh, guys come into that game with a with a mindset of moving the pocket a little bit for Mason, and, and how does that help? Or how does that maybe cut down on what you can do offensively? Yeah, and that's the idea. We wanted to move the pocket for sure. Um, and they do a good job, uh, BC does, of uh, making sure they stack the box. Um, and so to get outside a little bit um, and give ourselves a little bit more chance to throw a little bit longer uh, time for protection, that helps a lot. Uh, you are limited about half field kind of read. and. Mm. You know, on, on film, that first kind of red zone call I had, we, we threw a, a great kind of end cut to Tevin. Mm-hmm. And then we stayed in the same formation, and the week before, they had, they had turned loose the back, and so we were trying to hit the backside wheel on it. Um, they covered it up well, so we ended up with an incomplete. But, um, yeah, moving the pocket, you know, it, it helps in terms of protection, but you are limited. You usually, you know, only have two or three routes instead of four or five. Talk about the guy called the ditch digger. He does everything, though. Grunt work. Albert Awachi. It's nice to see him, even though it was a losing cause. He went in. He was kind of a receiver in college, a bit of tight end. He had a couple of catches. I like to see a guy like that get get rewarded. Yeah, and, and I just haven't... Uh, coach albert last year too you know he gets better every day literally every day every practice every game he keeps making improvements and um you know that's a testament to him we had to stick him in a receiver for some of those pass plays and uh and he just studies enough that he he knows those things and so um yeah he was our our definitely our hard hat award winner this week for making adjustments catching some balls getting up field and was a good example of what we want i love me some i love me some tevin jones he's a good player yeah he's he's uh, got some serious tools um and 
he can make plays, and that's that's his biggest gift. Is he's just a big playmaker, he's strong, um, and so you know finding ways to get him the ball uh, down the field where he can use that big body to shield the ball away from the defenders is important. Coach, I just want to ask. I'm not a coach. I'm the announcer, but I'm watching the running game. It was rolling against the Stamps there, and you did have 112 yards against them here. A lot of it was by the footwork of the quarterbacks running. What are we seeing or not seeing from the running game the last uh, couple of games? Uh, I think on some level it's execution. We, we got to execute a little bit better. Um, I think uh, you know by design we'd like to try and, and keep guys out of the box on offense in terms of not bringing as many guys to the party. You know that a lot of times you, you feel like you're protected better, but at the same time you're bringing defenders that way. It's one more block you have to make, and so you know I, I think at our best, uh, you know you, you refer to that game uh, against Calgary. Um, we had spread it out really well. Same with Edmonton that last drive week one. We had spread it out and let Moro find those running lanes. You know, and that's where he's really at his best. He's not that uh, big power you know back who moves the pile although he can uh, but he's such a good slasher and he's so quick with his feet that when you kind of give him larger running lanes he'll find it he'll make the right read and he'll make you pay uh, fans have asked me this, so I'll ask you this last question. What about Frankie Hickson? I know he was hurt. He's been good on special teams. What about in the backfield? Uh, he, yeah, he's been great on specials. Uh, he has been banged up with back and then shoulder. And I know two weeks ago, he was kind of a game time where, whether he was even going to play or not. So we've been a little bit slow to, to give him a huge workload. Um, and, and Jamal's been doing so well. You know, it's it's something that, you know, every time uh, Frankie's on the field, it means J-Mo's off. We've got some two-back packages that we use. Um, and, and those have worked well, and so we probably need to do that a little bit more. And um, yeah, I'd like to get Frankie going too a little bit. And we'll see him a little bit more this week, if as long as he's healthy. That's good. I just wanted you to read. I'm done now. I just want you to read me one. All right, that's Kelly Jeffrey with. Uh Yours truly in conversation there as the Saskatchewan Rough Riders offensive coordinator addressing some of the things we wanted to get to in terms of uh, what happened there in BC. Says his offense has come to practice this week with a lot of excitement and playing with a chip on its shoulder. So we'll see if uh, that transpires and translates into the game on Saturday at St. Mary's Stadium in Halifax. I'm really interested to see what that stadium setup looks like, too. It's going to be, you know, they're kind of looking for like a temporary permanent setup, and that's probably where they're going to, you know, envision it going. So we'll see how it looks and how it gets pulled off. It's already a sold-out game. So I am starting to get pumped now. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. 620 CKRM is proud to be the official radio partner of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and your home for the hottest sports talk anywhere. This is the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. Hey, welcome back to the show. 407 on this nice Wednesday, corner of 12th and Rose. Zinger will be doing the show tomorrow. Playing Wyland while I'm on the plane. Going to get to... Uh, Waldo Warriors in a minute with the former Rough Rider and Alouette, LaBolas, Golden Sun, Regina Thunder, and U.S. Husky player. He's now a U.S. Husky coach, and he is um, Royal LePage royalty now as he's selling over there, getting the uh, real estate game with Paul Waldo, 306-502-5355. But I just need to uh, just need to let off some steam for a second, okay? All right. Ah! 
can't have anything wow. nice. I can't have anything nice. I get my hopes up for my teams all the friggin' time. There is no way that a team with Manny Machado, Xander Bogarts, Fernando Tatis, uh, I'm missing one here. Um, 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 Manny Machado, Juan Soto, Jake Cronenworth. There's no way they should be losing to the Pittsburgh Pirates and be four games under 500. It's embarrassing. Bob Melvin, the manager of the Oakland A's, he he managed a janitor, a popcorn vendor, and a guy who parked cars. They also played for the Athletics, and he got them to like 95 wins, okay? He did it with no payroll. He goes to San Diego, where they have the third biggest payroll, and they can't get out of their own way. My teams can't have anything nice. Do you feel... um, You probably feel a little bit better now, right? No! Not yet? One Paul Waldo, make me feel one, better. One more scream, maybe. Paul Waldo, make me feel better. You know what? I'm probably going to do the opposite here. Ball, do you ever hear like the Drake curse? You know when like Drake has been wearing like teams jerseys and stuff, and then they always lose and stuff all the time. Or, like, mm-hmm. USC fighters when he picks them. Yeah. Don't want to be. Don't want to be that guy. But maybe got a little bit of bad luck. Is that is that because I've got these glasses I got from Specs by Ryan? I encourage everybody to go here on Albert Street. But sure. the glasses I got are hold on a second here. I got to look here. They are. Oh, what a sight this is! <laughs> three hundred and thirty-seven of three hundred and fifty made in the world. They're made out of the same thing that Drake's Cadillac is made out of. Serious. So maybe you're on to some, so maybe you're on to something there. Wow. Maybe it's the curse, man. Maybe it's the curse. I don't know. Could be the curse, man. Okay, so one of my teams, the team you used to play for, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, you know, only four championships in their history. Okay. Last year they went to this game and they were, you know, things were it's like, okay, they're kinda in the mix. They could go either way. Cody. Luke turned to me. I'm kidding you not. Luke turned to me in the broadcast booth at Wolfville and said, this is the best Cody's played. No sooner did he utter that than Cody throws the pick to Winton McManus. They win the game. Our season goes down the toilet, and their season takes off for a Grey Cup. So I hope this kind of springboards us in the other direction. But, Paul, let's go with Waldo Warriors. Uh, pick one here on offense. Who's going to be your warrior in this game, do you think? You know what? I, I, I got to slash this one. And I, I got to go Morrow and Hickson, the, the combination combined. Okay. I think if, if you know, we're, we're not able to establish the ground game and if we're not able to run the ball, then I think obviously we can't move the ball. It doesn't open up the pass. And, you know, more importantly, it'll, it'll allow the Argos and Chad Kelly to to get back on the field. So I think it's going to be absolutely pinnacle that we're able to establish establish the uh, the ground game. And, and it'll alleviate any stress of, of Mason Fine having to go out there and throw for 500 yards. You know, So I think from an offensive standpoint, those guys got to be warriors. Those two, the double-headed monster in the backfield, really got to come to play. And I don't, I don't think Kixon has, has, you know, really gotten off this year, per se. Morris, I think Morris has been off to a great start, but 
I think, you know, he's got to find a way where they can get them both involved and uh, and uh, establish a ground game. Don't disagree with you. And we had uh, Kelly Jeffrey on here just before you came on. He was talking about how Hickson's oh, wow. been great on special teams, but because yeah. of injuries and stuff, they've been uh, limiting his workload. here. So he did say they want to get back to more of that, and hopefully they right. can this week. So you could be on to something. Okay. Waldo Warrior, your second Warrior. Let's go defense. What do you got there? You know what? I'm, I'm going to go to uh, the, the big man in the middle of it all. Uh, the guy in the defensive line, Micah Johnson, and I yeah. think him and his him and his him and his brothers on that line because I feel like if if Chad Kelly doesn't get pressure, if they don't collapse that pocket, um, he's such an accurate passer that it's going to be a long day for the guys in the back end. So Micah Johnson, you know Cox Jr. and and the defensive line and company, they got to get after him. Um, they got to make it uncomfortable and not allow not allow Chad Kelly to uh, to complete throwing motions and. Uh, and hopefully that will set us up for success. Anthony Lanier II's got a nice smile on his face. I yeah. uh, kind of bro hugged him today. He's pretty pumped to be yeah. back in the lineup. He could be a big difference maker too, for sure. They need to he, get. He, he will. He will, be, he will be for sure. You know, I wasn't sure if he was back in the lineup. Otherwise, it probably would have been the guy that would have went. But regardless, along the lineup, that's where it's got to start. I think. And on special teams, your Waldo Warrior is. You know what? I think it's going to be Adam. Corsic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't even know how to pronounce his name. I, yeah. I, I said that right in butcher, but I think the field position game is going to be huge. And I think, I mean, it, you know, it, it starts with the guy putting the ball off and making sure that they put our defense in in, in good positions, and, and they're not, you know, going to give that trauma offense short fields or allow it to be easy. And, and I think that's going to be very, very um, important for us to establish the field position. Yeah, I'll tell you what, before I let you go, Paul Waldo, can you picture yourself on the corner, all 165 pounds of you, soaking wet, athletic, looking good all the time, okay? But can you imagine having to come down and tackle Andre Olette? Or A.J. Olette, sorry? No, no. That 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 dude is a problem. Uh, he is <laughs> a problem. Like, if there's one guy, you know, I sat there, I never, I never feared anybody when I was playing, but now that I've been removed from the game and I've mentally checked out, I, I watch him carry the ball, and he's just – it's not even that he's big, because there's big guys everywhere, but he's just so explosive. And he's, it's just that it's – the, it's the force situation, I tell you. He, uh, he's a load. He's a load. So it, it's, they're going to have their arms full today, but – or I guess I should say Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. Saturday. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, he – he, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be excited to be playing him. I just. Uh, I said this to my son. I wonder if you have the same reaction. I ask him when he's like going to tackle these two hundred and forty pound running backs. Yeah. Do you just? Do you just close your eyes and just go for it? Like that's what you must have to do. Just whatever, man. Let's go. Well, there, there, there is times like when I go back to my playing days where I was like, oh gosh, here we go. But I think it's more of um, a thing that's done. You know, prior to actually being in the play. Once you're in the play, once you're strapped up, once you're locked in, I mean, I think essentially, I know for myself, you almost black out and you're just, you're playing with reckless abandon and you're just, I mean, you're, you're flying around at a million miles an hour, especially a guy that wasn't overly big like me. But, mm-hmm. you know, watch them on tape, see them in warm up, and you're like, oh gosh, here we go. It's, uh, it's, it's not going to be fun if I got to tackle this guy, you know, six, seven, eight times a, a day, especially in open space. No, no, for sure. Who do you got, Riders or Argos? Well, I got the Argos, unfortunately. I just think they're playing, you know, as good as any team has, has played all year. And I, I just think they're so well-balanced everywhere. I mean, offense, defense, and special teams. I think, you know, you look at their offense and how productive they have been, but, you know, not a lot of people talk about how good their defense is. And it's, it's quite scary over there on, on the other side of the ball. And, you know, special teams, they've, 
it's been I, I think that's where we could potentially be a leg up on him, but um it's it's gonna take a whole whole team effort to, to stay in the game, to be honest with you. But um overall unfortunately I'm gonna have to go with All right, man. Thanks for your time. You want to get in the real estate game over at Royal Page with our friend Paul Waldo and his team, 306-502-5355. Get in the real estate game with the three-time Grey Cup champ. Thanks for your time, man. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Uh, have a safe flight over there. Yeah, take care, bud. That's Paul Waldo with Waldo Warriors every Wednesday. So he's got Hick- Hickson and Morrow. He's got Micah Johnson, and he throw Lanier the second in there, too. And then he's got Korzak. How about Lothar winning the game on a field goal in front of, like, 200 friends and family? I'm trying to think back to his performance last year. Yeah, he was pretty good. He missed oh, he? A, he missed, he missed one. His, like his first he one. He missed his first one, then he was okay after that. It, yeah. He was the least of our worries. No, that would be something, huh? Yeah, it would be. Uh, anyway, <laughs> we are going to take a break and be back with more in a moment here on the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Time now for the Cage Clutch Performer on 620 CKRM. Okay, our clutch performer is Christine Sinclair. She comes off the bench, the 40-year-old for the uh, Team Canada Women's uh, Soccer Squad, and they beat Ireland 2-1 to one at the FIFA World Women's Cup. She uh, helped get the uh, winning goal, and so Canada's one, one win and one tie at the... Uh, Attorney 0-2, the uh, Republic of Ireland. So there you go. That's our clutch performer and our clutch performer for good friends out there at Emerald Park, Nick Service. Yeah, Nick Service in Emerald Park is your local Massey Ferguson challenger, rogator, gleaner, and fan dealer. Give them a call at 781-1077. It's time to step into the radio octagon. You're tuned to the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. All right, let's get after it here. Hey, uh, NFL training camps are underway. Zinger, here's some of the free agents still out there. Headed up by Dalvin Cook, running back formerly of the Vikings. Julio Jones, best known for his time with the Falcons. Washed. Melvin Ingram, linebacker. Washed. I don't think Cook's washed. No, he's uh, just got a couple. But people aren't going to overpay for running backs now. Carson Wentz. Oh. <laughs> How about Jarvis Landry? Is he washed? Yeah, he's washed. He's been washed for a while. How about uh, that used to be a great offensive lineman for Tennessee, Taylor Lewin? Yeah, maybe. Maybe he has Linebacker a couple Linebacker Will left. Compton. Yeah, maybe. Former Alabama Crimson Tide offensive lineman. Uh, used to be a charger. Um, DJ Fluker. Hmm. Uh, how do you say this guy? Dean Yannick Ngakwe? Yeah. Ngakwe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is a he's a free agent. So is Matt Ryan. So is tight end Eric Ebron. So is cornerback Eli Apple, who most recently played with the Bengals. He's a goof. Yeah, running back Kareem Hunt. Another goof. And uh, another goof. Running back Zekio <sighs> Elliott. Oh, yeah, so, big-time goof. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of good. I'd in, rather have in Dom Indomitian Sue is a free agent. How about this one? He was highly touted back in the day. Jadavian Clowney's a free agent. Oh, yeah, he's he's kind of washed. There's a lot of... It's funny how fast careers go, man, though. I'd rather they, have Delvin Cook over Zeke, though. I, I will say that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Delvin Cook still got Zeke some Zeke is just a... Oh. He's got some gas left in the tank. Hey, I got this on Twitter. People are asking me, uh, Kelly McShane, we need to talk about this more, Ballsy. Your power rankings in the CFL. So I've got, he doesn't think the Riders are a playoff team right now. I don't know. 
He doesn't? He doesn't. He doesn't think we're a playoff team right now. Well, right think now, of it. There's right. six, six teams that make it out yeah, of nine, yeah. right? Yeah, so you here's what, here's what mean I, you have to be very good. Here's what I got. <laughs> here's what I don't think they're that bad. Here, here, Here's what I got. I got Toronto one. I've got British Columbia two. And then it's the rest. I put Ottawa at three, Winnipeg at four. Now, if you ask me if Winnipeg played Ottawa ten times in a row... Who would win more of the games? I'd pick Winnipeg, but Ottawa beat Winnipeg, and Ottawa's been good lately. So uh, being a prisoner of the moment on this ranking, I put Ottawa 3 and Winnipeg 4. Do you have any problem with that? No, I said yesterday. I uh, yeah. they they beat the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. That's the way she yeah. goes. So Bomber fans are going to just have to live with that for a couple weeks. Here, I got the Riders at 5, at 3-3. Three and three. I've got Montreal at 6. They're on a bye week. Uh, I think the Riders, that's going to be interesting on August 11th. The Alouettes are going to get the Riders at a great time. Only meeting of the year. Uh, Trevor Harrison won't get to play his former team. Cody gets to play his former team. Moss was the coach here. It's a short week for the Riders. So, yeah, that's going to be... You want to talk about running the gauntlet right now. NBC in Halifax, back home to play Bobby Dice's improved Ottawa team. I'm expecting them to be four and three when they're coming here. And then uh, you got to go to Montreal, then back here to play BC. This, this, this is the make or break part of the schedule for the Riders, the meat and potatoes, as far as I'm concerned, as they start playing some Eastern teams. So we've got um, the Riders at five, Montreal at six. I got Calgary at seven, Hamilton at eight, and nine Edmonton. I don't think there's a problem with that. No, it's. I know a lot of the. I know a lot of the the power rankings, which mean nothing. They're like all. What do people want? They want. What, what a lot do of they want to put see? Calgary ahead of Saskatchewan because Calgary's played Ottawa twice, and we haven't. And they think Ottawa is a tougher match than Edmonton, obviously. So that's why we have two wins against Edmonton. But we played Calgary, beat them late uh, in overtime, and they played us and hung on to barely beat us here. So I think, you know. I don't think you could go wrong either way, but I think I'm right. I, I might, always think I, I'm right. I, <laughs> <laughs> I might put Calgary above Montreal, maybe. Really? Maybe. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Even maybe. with the most improved player, Cody Fajardo? Yeah, I said maybe. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> 936-6262. You want to win some Ram stuff right now. Ram season tickets. Five games, including the preseason game. We got... We got uh, the preseason game cover right here on 620 CKRM2, all right? Uh, and I, I think I could say this. We're going to have a uh, new-look broadcast team. That's all I could tell you right now. A new-look broadcast team. We are dotting the I's and crossing the T's as it relates to that broadcast team. But we have a new broadcast team. I know, Zinger, you're excited to know who it is, but I can't tell you. Mm-hmm. I will tell you as soon as uh, the, the ink is dry on the paper, all right? But anyway... Season tickets to the Rams, Regina Rams swag, including a backpack. 936-6262. All you got to tell me is this. Who is the Regina Rams public address announcer right now? As of July 26th, 2023. When you go to the game, please welcome your 2023 Regina Rams. Singer, you do it. You do it. You do it. Instead of me doing it, you do it. Because you're normally a public address guy. Go ahead. Please welcome your 2023 University of Regina Rams. Ooh, did you hit puberty there? <laughs> anyway, so 
6262 or toll free 1-866-767-0620. Who is the public address announcer for the Regina Rams? Here's a little hint. You may have heard him. You may have just heard him. You could there's only two answers. It's Michael Ball or Sean Kleisinger. 936-6262 or 1-866-767-0620. Is it? Please welcome your 2023 University of Regina Rams. Or is it? Please welcome your University of Regina Rams. <laughs> Seven-year-old Sean Kleisinger. Let's go to the phones. Is anybody there? Hi, who's this? Hi, who's hey, this? Tanner? Hey, what's your name? Tanner. Tanner. When's the last time you won, Tanner? I don't think I ever have. Well, that's good. We're like we're like uh, some of these fast food places, just serving new customers. I love it. Yeah. Tanner, is it Michael Ball or Sean Kleisinger, who is the voice of your Regina Rams at the field as the public address announcer? Uh, I'm going with uh, Sean Kleisinger. Yes! Sean Kleisinger is the... Uh, voice of the Regina Rams as the public address announcer. He is uh, he's a, he's he is such a nerd when it comes to this stuff. He likes the did you know this Tanner? He likes the Colorado Rockies public address guy. So he will watch the pathetic Colorado Rockies just so he can maybe catch a uh, a chance to hear the public address guy's voice. Yeah, that's pretty rough. That is pretty rough. <laughs> it's kind of a loser. I don't know why Lydia married him, but she did. Anyway, they have a beautiful son out of the deal, so she got something out of it at least. Okay, so congratulations. You've got season tickets to the Rams, the stars of tomorrow today. You've got a Ram backpack and some swag, okay, bud? Awesome. Thank enjoy you guys. the game. Yeah, enjoy the game. Uh, <laughs> hang on the phone there. We will be back. Uh, yeah, yeah. See, when I try to go my voice higher, I sound like Paul Bear. Oh, <laughs> you of Regina Rams. Look out! And back inside the sports cage, and don't jinx those Toronto Blue Jays because they have a lead right now. Six to one is the score, top of eight versus the LA Dodgers. The Jays blew the game yesterday. That's why I say don't jinx this team. They're very fragile. Uh, not as fragile as the Padres. They're losing 3-2 to two right now. Oh, they're coming back, Ballsy. Bottom of ninth. The Padres have the bases loaded, and they... Y- yes, and there's two out, though. So but uh, so you're telling me there's a chance. Your sports taker is for Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They will treat you right. Just give them a call at 781-2090. The Sports Cage is your voice for football. Not only in the province, but around Canada. This is the Sportsgate CFL Report. A look at what's happening in our three-down game. Let's go. Spread right, fake spear. Play pass, 16 counters, ZD bang. Full back west right, zoom. Full back left, pass half back at zero. Z quick screen left, on one, break. CFL Report brought to you by Kevin's Marine. Make the most of summer with a boat or pontoon. From Kevin's Marine, check them out online, kevinsmarine.com or in person in Fort Capel. The Week 7 TV ratings are out, and good news, the CFL averaged over 500,000 viewers on TSN for Week 7. It kicked off with Edmonton and Winnipeg, 517,200. Hamilton and Toronto, Friday night football tonight. 
from the donut shop in Hamilton. 563,500 watched that one. The barn burner between Dustin Crum and the Ottawa Red Blacks and the Calgary Stampeders brought in 499,100 viewers. And of course, the most watched game as it is every week when the Riders are involved. They were in BC. 574,600 people watched the game. So on average, the week seven average on TSN for TV viewing, 538,600. We encourage you like we do every week to, you know, watch it on TV, but mute it and listen to our broadcast, which begins at 11 o'clock on Saturday. Touchdown Atlantic kickoff just after two local time here in Saskatchewan, five o'clock there in Nova Scotia. This has been the CFL Report. Our house is your house. Welcome inside the sports cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Here's rider safety, Jaden Dalkey. Hey, you uh, got to pick the music again. My reporter, Blaine Wyland, said that you did a good job picking the music. Yeah, I uh, took a little bit, some requests from uh, a couple of people. Mm-hmm. That Jurassic Park wasn't my idea, but I had to keep the offensive <laughs> line happy, you know. And uh, yeah, everybody said it was, a, it was a hit, so hopefully I can do it again sometime later this year. You graded out as the best special teams player this week, according to PFF. Uh, I don't know if that means much to you, but just uh, through your eyes, uh, how was that game for you before you got hurt? Yeah, I think uh, I think we were definitely in it. I was I was feeling excited. I thought we were gonna I thought we were gonna come away with it for sure. And obviously, I wanted to stay healthy so I could contribute more on defense. But um, wasn't feeling like I was I was where I needed to be. So we uh, went next guy up and uh, just finished off on special teams. And I guess if you just stay around the ball and fly to the ball, then good things tend to happen. So, so was that an AC jo- like an AC joint in your shoulder? What was it? Just a sprain. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So- sprain. AC joint, so we're working with uh, working with everybody to get it back healthy. It's feeling much better already, but that one big D lineman decided to wreck my day. <laughs> hey, I saw you before the game. You're visualizing, uh, you know, up against goalposts, just looking out into the field. What, what goes through your mind, or what are you going through in that situation? Oh, I. Uh, By the way, I sent a picture to your dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had my uh, I had my meditation app going, so just like uh, just breath work, really, just energized before the game and and kind of recenter. Don't do you get... do that in the game too? Like I'm, I mean, obviously not a full on meditation, but just kind of center yourself. Yeah, I always want to stay like as calm and even as possible throughout everything. That's what one thing that uh, when I was younger, I I got really high and really low sometimes, and that's always been uh, something that's been able to bring me back was just breathing, focus on my breath. Help this 50-year-old's memory. I can't remember if you were on the roster when we went to Halifax last year, but uh, you were. Okay, so are, are you? How how how, a, how much are you looking forward to going to to it this year again? Yeah, no, it'll be good. We uh, I know a couple of people out there, and my family's already down there, so we're gonna end up uh, hanging out, go for dinner or something. But it was my that was my first official uh, CFL start was oh. down in the Atlantic uh, touchdown last year. So I'm happy to go back out and. Uh, Get a better result. Yeah, your dad was telling me like he is. Is he? Does he have a trailer? He's renting an RV or something because he was saving money. He didn't come to the BC game. He said, "I got to save scratch to head out that way." Yeah, they. Uh, we have a bunch of guys who uh, who work for us. Uh, they they're out there, so we finally got to. They all got to hang out and go see what they're what they're living like and go explore a little bit. So then they rented a RV out there and yeah, got grandparents, my brother, and my parents all out there waiting. 
Can't wait. So you guys, uh, you, you let one kind of get away. Let's be honest. You could, you probably could have won that football game. Even the Calgary game, you could be five and one. What's the feeling like in this locker room? Like, uh, do you, are you playing with kind of a chip in your shoulder because you're on ten point underdogs in this game? Yeah, I think I think every week just going in like every, we say it all the time like and, and it's been proven week to week like you, anybody can win any week so we're just always on to the next like we we flushed that last game we don't we don't dwell on it there's no sense dwelling on it because we can't do anything about it we're just trying to we're trying to take down the team that the last team that's undefeated and that would be uh, that'd be great to go do it out there in your opinion without giving too much away what is the key is it shut down the run is it concentrate on Chad Kelly because you got a pretty good attack there that play action pass opens things up yeah I think uh, I think definitely their run but it's uh, their run encapsulates into their uh, perimeter screen game so if we could if we could start shutting that down and make them throw it up I think uh, I don't think he's that as accurate as needed so yeah I, uh, I bet you uh, the Jaden Dolky I know can't wait to go head on head with uh, AJ Olette. That would be a that would be a Titanic collision there. <laughs> yeah, well, him and uh, I mean Harris. Like yeah. I've, I I met Harris in the hole uh, last year, but uh, both of them are very hard runners and uh, forward lean. So I mean it'll be it'll be fun. Thanks for your time. Thank you. That's Jaden Dolky. He'll be back. Graded as a high a high special teams performer. Uh, by PFF Pro Football Focus. Hey, the heat wave is everywhere, man. Like, um, so in Phoenix, you think we're hot? Twenty-five straight days of temperature, at least one hundred and ten degrees Fahrenheit. We got a guy, Glenn Drex Drexel. He listens to us. Um, Drexler, pardon me, listens to us, and he sent me a text: one hundred and seventeen degrees Fahrenheit. There was a teacher that was outside for thirty minutes helping. A, get the kids across the street for like being like a safety patroller after school and his uh shoes melted on the pavement that's how hot it is oh that's i I heard somewhere that this is the year of 2023 is the hottest year that the planet earth has had in like over a hundred thousand years or something like that it's crazy i don't know how they can determine that but yeah i think it just make up stuff now this seems like a total dad product but i guess if uh looking like a dork is better than dying of heat stroke you go with it clothes are being built with built-in fans now getting more and more popular especially in japan where they've been a thing for a while now. Former Sony engineer came up with the idea and started selling fan jackets in 2004. The name of his company literally translates as air-conditioned clothes. So if you're having trouble picturing it, just think of those inflatable dinosaur costumes that people wear for Halloween. They puff up just like that and work the same. Early versions weren't breathable enough and the batteries didn't last long, but now they can go all day. The power tool company Makita started selling their own version for construction workers in 2015. So I don't know, are there construction workers listening to us that have these these clothes with fans? Isn't that something? Yeah. If you want to relate it to football, the LSU Tigers this year, yeah. they are wearing helmets with air conditioners in the helmet. Can you believe that? Are you serious? Yes, I am. That's cool, actually. Yeah. LSU Tiger football. Air conditioner in the helmet. Wow. That is, you ever think about this, Zinger? And I'm not making fun of anything, especially since I'm getting ready to fly tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Why, why wouldn't the plane be made of the same stuff the black box is made out of? Like the black box that they go looking for when a plane goes down, 
They always find that it's never destroyed. They find the black box. Why can't you make the plane out of the black box? We should ask Dustin Crumb. He's smart. He's like a rocket that. scientist. That's why he came to mind. I should bring him on and talk to him about <laughs> yeah, that. Talk, let's, talk, let's not talk about the 43 defense or the zone dog blitz. Let's talk about the, peri- the black box. periodic table. Yeah. Anyway, uh, keep the text coming. 936-6262. It's our text line powered by the Capital Auto Group. And uh, this one comes to us from uh, No Name Texter. What is Coach Jeffrey talking about Morrow? He hasn't been good at all. We have no running game. I think Hickson is better than Morrow. He does better every time he's in. I don't know about that. They're well, good. They're... I think Frankie Hickson deserves somewhat of a shot at running the sure ball. Sure he does. But he's also been limited, they, according to them, because he's had some injuries, right? So he's If been it's ver- injuries, then I understand. But if it's just because they want to get Jamal Morrow going, no. well... We need a one-two punch. And I think you need to... This uh, is 2023 here. Yeah. You, like, yeah. look across the board in any league. Yeah, you need to have that one-two punch for sure. So yeah, keep the text coming. 936-6262. That's the number to call to. Uh, 936-6262 locally or one 866 How do you keep cool? What are you doing today? Let us know where you're listening. We'll give you a shout-out. That's what we do around here. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. We're talking sports on your way home. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. All right, just uh, ahead of Coach Craig Dickinson, let's head out in the Western Pizza Hotline and uh, talk to listener Kim. Go ahead, Kim. Kim from Saskatoon. Hey, Ballsy. Hey, man. So, I've been listening and trying to figure things out. So i got to ask you guys, what is it actually going to take for the Riders' D to stop Chad Kelly besides pressure? Mm, got to stop the running game. Got it. That's what all the teams try to do first. But if you could stop the running game, then that play action pass isn't open. Like I, I'm not going to sit here and profess to be an expert. But Chad Kelly, he he he's off to a great start. It's great for the league. I'm not diminishing what the guy's done. He's been on the show a couple of times. He's got a nice little swag about him, which is good for marketing if they know what they're doing. But play action pass has been his best friend. When you got AJ Olette. Andrew Harris in the backfield, a leak at times, a Javon Leak, and then you uh, got receivers that bail you out with twisting one-handed catches. It makes the stat line look a lot better. They, but they do got to shut the run down. I think that's first and foremost. You think we can do it? Because I, 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 I don't know if we can. Well, part of it is uh, Chad Kelly can't score if he's on the bench. So if we can somehow move the ball up and down the field with a good running game, uh, that'll help. I, it, it's going to be tough. Toronto's got a great defense. They've got a pretty solid. They're good. They're the most well-rounded team in the league. But stranger things have happened. I mean, did yeah. you did you expect? Honestly, honest to goodness, did you expect a guy nobody knew, Dustin Crum? To come off the, you know, to be the starter, his first ever start, they're losing 18 nothing to Winnipeg, and he comes back and leads them to an overtime win, then goes into Calgary and does it again. Uh, stranger things have happened. I think, I don't think it's going to be a 10 point game. I think it's going to be a lot closer than you think. I hope so. <laughs> Did you ever expect the rocket scientist to be a quarterback? Oh, you're, you're, not, uh, you're not confident, eh? Well, okay, so as it sits right now, Kim, what do you uh, think the record's going to be? What do you think the record's going to be? Oh, man. I, you know, 
I hate to say it, but I think he's below 500. Yeah, like 8 and 10 or Probably 7 and 11? Below 500. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm saying, no, I'm not 7 and 11, no, no, no. I think maybe 8 and 10. Yeah. Um, August 6th, I think we got a chance against Ottawa. Labor Day, you know how Labor Day goes. It could be either or. Mm-hmm. I mean, Winnipeg is looking weak. They're getting old. They're getting long in the tooth. So, yeah, maybe 8 and 10. Well, we got Edmonton. Let's let's go through this. Let's do this little experiment together here, Kim. So, so um, they got, uh, let's go through this. Singer, call up the schedule here, okay? Let's do this. This is, uh, this is like fool's gold. This is uh, an experiment in futility because uh, totally cool. we don't know, but hey, we're just having yeah. fun here. Okay, so the Riders play. Uh, I think we'll both say if we're smart men, Riders lose. So they're three and four, okay? Then they come back, although I think they're going to win, but I'll err to what you're saying, Kim, three and four. Come back here. You okay. think, you okay. think they're going to beat Ottawa? Yes. Okay, so four and four, I'll go with you there. Then on a short week, they got to travel to take on Moss and Cody in Montreal. What do you got there? It's an L. They're going to Montreal. Okay, so they're four and you four. Ask me, you tell me somebody who... Nobody can resist St. Catherine Street. <laughs> okay, four and five. Then they got to come back here and play the BC Lions again. L. So four and six. Then they then they have a bye week. Um, then they come back and they play the Winnipeg Blue Bombers here. Labor Day Classic. W. Okay, so that's five and six. Then they got to go to a sold-out Banjo Bowl, which, by the way, is sold out. They, they just announced the Banjo Bowl is a complete sellout. Oh, sorry, the Labor Day rematch. We don't call it the Banjo Bowl. They do. They're losers. Yeah, so they Don't call it the Banjo No, no, don't call it the Banjo Bowl. So the Labor no. Day rematch is uh, what is uh, what happens there? That's an L, Okay, five and seven. Zinger, what do we got? Zinger's going to help us out here on the schedule in front of me. Zinger, what do we got after Winnipeg? After the Labor Day rematch, Edmonton is at Mosaic. So we got a win there, you think? Uh, uh, after the performance where we won on a rouge, okay, I'll, I'll say a W. Okay, so we're 6-7 and seven there. That, we got, we're at a 6-7 record there that, by your math. Okay, then who do we got, Zinger? At Ottawa. Then we're at Ottawa. Now we're going to Ottawa. We just beat them here. Oh, uh, that one. That one. Okay, I'll say a W there. Okay, that, so, that, se- so, so you got. So, we, what are we at, Singer? There, seven and seven. Uh, six and seven. Six, yeah, and, seven. six and seven. Yeah, six and seven. Six and seven. Yep, six and seven. Okay, so at BC. we're at BC. Do we lose to BC there? Six and seven. Yep, we lose. Okay, so we're six and eight. Okay, Zinger. Hamilton at Saskatchewan. Hamilton at Saskatchewan. Oh my God, Hamilton! Yeah, we don't know if Bo's uh, playing or Taylor Powell or yeah, Bo, Bo's, Bo, yeah, Bo's coming back, and maybe he's actually going to have some chemistry with that receiving core. So that I hate to say it, that might actually be an L. So that puts us to what six and nine, I think, if I'm right. Okay, what do you got next at Calgary? We're at Calgary. This could be a playoff matchup. Uh, this could be for the playoffs right here. That one, I think, at Calgary. Mm-hmm. That one, I think we can win. Okay, so we're 7-9 and nine by your math, okay? We've got two games left. What do we got, Singer? No, it's the last game. Oh, 7-9? Se- 
No, we missed a game then. Toronto at Saskatchewan. Toronto at Saskatchewan. What do you got there? L. L. So you you figure like probably eight and ten is what you think, right? I I'm thinking eight and ten. I think the, I I think back heavy against the East. Yeah. So I I picked the Riders. I had the Riders at nine and nine, and I'm going to stay with that. I got the Riders winning this game, which puts us at. It's a shocking four and three. Then we'll play Ottawa here and be pumped up and be five and three. Then we'll go to Montreal and lose and be five and four. Then we'll play the BC Lions here and be five and five at the turn. Then we will play the uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers and be six and five. Then we will lose in Winnipeg and be six and six. Then Zinger, what do we got? Edmonton at home. Edmonton, we win. We're seven and six. Then Zinger, what do we got? At Ottawa. Then we go to Ottawa and lose seven and seven. Then Zinger. At BC. Then we win that game. We'll be eight and seven. At home versus Hamilton. At Hamilton, we are uh, uh, eight and. Uh, what is that now? What did I have? At home versus Hamilton. Yeah, we'll win that game, and then we'll lose to we'll lose to Toronto. That's it, right? At Calgary. Oh, at Calgary. So we're eight and seven, or so, we're going to be nine and nine. <laughs> yeah. That's what I feel. I feel we'll beat we'll beat Hamilton, lose to Calgary, and beat Toronto. We'll be nine and nine. That's how I think we're I still think we're gonna be a nine and nine football team. That's what I feel. Third place in yeah, the West. Third place in the West. Well, and that's how I feel it'll be. I think I think we got enough to pull it through. We're getting the healthy bodies back in time. And I do have confidence. I do have confidence in Mason Fine. I'm not throwing him out yet. No, I, I'm not throwing him out. Like He's he's got flashes of brilliance. I, I have to say it, but they 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 gotta let him go. Just well, well we're gonna go. find out. Yeah, they, and and coach talked about that. They gotta take the cuffs off him a little bit. Uh, there were a couple of routes that were on the one interception. It was a wrong route from Tevin Jones. It was a bad decision. You're gonna get that with a quarterback that doesn't get many reps in Mason Fine on that interception by Gary Peters. Great play by him. But uh, if Shiver's defense can continue to play the way it's playing, the special teams continue to do what they're doing. And if Mason Fine can even generate, like, listen. In the rules, the way the CFL rules are called, you should be able to score two offensive touchdowns. If the Riders can score two offensive touchdowns in this game on Saturday, they've got a very good chance of winning the game, in my opinion. Yeah, I would have to agree. That's the key. I think Lothar, I th- I'm predicting Brett Lothar, Kim, kicks a field goal to make it 26-24, Rough Riders win. Uh, they win the, the, the game. So that's what, uh, you know, that's what I've got. Um, all right. So uh, thanks for your time, Kim. Take care, bud. Yeah, you too, Ballsy. We'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it. All right. Kim. Uh, I don't know if he's... Ex- he reminds me of the old comic, Stephen Ray. Is he excited? Is he not excited? It's kind of... But thanks for listening, Kim. I appreciate it. All right, let's hear from Coach Craig Dickinson. Improvement. That's about it. You know, we feel like he played a decent game in BC, and he's had a good week of practice so far, so we want to see a little bit of improvement. And honestly, if you ask me that about... Anyone, I'd say the same thing. We all want to play just a little bit better. What specifically do you want to say? Uh, I'd like to see him push the ball a little bit more, you know, and maybe um, uh, stay on his reach just a hair longer. How do you guys expect to kind of match up against the Toronto defense? Another one that's a really good one. This Good team, yeah. We put some stats on the board this morning. They're really good. Um, 
we just emphasize we got to have our best week of preparation and we got to play as hard as we've played all year. What about the play of Chad Kelly? Are you surprised he's reached this level? No, so I'm not. I mean, he's a good football player. Everybody knew that when he came into the league. I think they've got a good coaching staff. Uh, and I think their whole line is outstanding. So I'm not surprised he's playing well. Did you uh, switch Jake Dolegal to be the short yardage quarterback? Not necessarily. We just want to see him get a few reps. Is Colin Kelly playing? He wasn't miss. He was missing today. Yeah, he was out today. We hope he's going to be all right. But he had a little something bothering him, so we we gave him the day off. How do you guys view this in terms of your overall season to go against an undefeated team out on the road? Um, it's just it's another game for us, but it's a big game. You know, we we're three and three. We we want to stay above the 500 mark, and we want to continually improve. So. We've talked about process and patience all along, and I told the guys, you know, we've been patient, and I think we've trusted the process, and now we need we need to see it pay off. God, but Jake Winnicky's had a couple of practices. How was he looking? He looked better today, Rob. You know, it was yesterday was his first day practicing in, in three weeks, and you could tell he was rusty. But today, I thought he knocked a little bit of rust off and looked a little bit better than he did the day before. When do you kind of finalize the receiving quarters? If you're it'll be three, day three, yeah, it'll be day three. We'll, we got a pretty good idea of, of who's going to play where, but we'll wait till tomorrow's practice is over and then we'll decide. Coming up, you've got a chance to win Rough Rider tickets after the 5 o'clock news with Andrew Dawson. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Sports Talk lives here. Welcome to another hour of the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. They're the names we speak with reverence or scream out loud. The names that help define us, inspire us, and build the game that we all love. Each Wednesday on the Sports Cage, we flash to the past with a legend to see if there is indeed life beyond the scoreboard. This is Where Are They Now? And it's for Floor Coverings International. Need new floors? Let Floor Coverings International bring their mobile showroom to you. Visit their website for your free consultation. We do this every Wednesday on the Sports Cage, and we do it during our pregame show throughout the year. And we're taking a look back at the 2013 Grey Cup Championship team. They are one of the uh, entities going into the plaza, the other being... Wendy Kelly, who was the first woman on the uh, Riders of Board of Directors uh, back in the day. So uh, she's being uh, inducted posthumously because she passed away in 2018. I believe she's from Moosha, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, the 2013 is, uh, championship team is going in. And Glenn Suter all season sits down with a different member, either player, coach, or builder with that team, uh, as directed by Sean Kleisinger. And uh, recently he caught up with Terrell Mays. Welcome to Where Are They Now? And joining us tonight is Terrell Mays, defensive back for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in the 2013 championship season. Played his college ball at San Diego State. Was a corner there. Got a tryout with Baltimore. And then ended up in Saskatchewan. Terrell, how are you? I'm doing well. How you doing? Good to talk to you. Yeah, it's, it is great to talk to you and great to touch base. So tell us, it's the segment is called Where Are They Now? So where are you and what is your job as of right now? Uh, so geographically, I'm in Los Angeles, California. So back in the good weather, the sunshine, my, my hometown. Um, I'm currently working for Microsoft. I just finished my fifth year here as a specialist. Um, after, after, right after I left Saskatchewan, I went straight to business school at the University of Virginia. Then I got on with Microsoft right, right after. Been here ever since. 
A lot of guys always want to try and, you know, stay in the game in some way and, and either coach it or, or not, but you take a completely different path, or do you coach as well? You know, I try to scratch that football itch on the side. I do coach. I help uh, one of my buddies out here with, with some youth sports. But, uh, yeah, I do miss it at times. I thought about that, was interested in maybe getting into scouting and mm-hmm. some front office stuff, but um, this is kind of the path that I went down, so. Yeah, maybe with, who knows what, what the future holds, though. Yeah, Terrell, with a with a, a background in Microsoft and business, you, you'd be good in the in the front offices of some of these teams. Hey, let let me ask you about you know you're at San Diego State. How did you end up getting to Canada, and just your thoughts on the passionate fans here in Saskatchewan? You know what? I was just talking to somebody about this recently. Um, when I was in. In college, you know, everybody's focused on trying to make it to the NFL. Mm-hmm. I didn't know a lot about the CFL. I heard about, you know, um, probably from a distance. I know a couple guys I played, but when I finally got to Saskatchewan, I'm so grateful I played for the Riders, obviously, because it's the best fan base. Uh, I was amazed at how great it was. And uh, mine was kind of, um, I think my, my agent reached out. He's like, hey, there's a, you know, we have an opportunity for you to go to Canada for, camp and he said you know Saskatchewan I'm like say that again what what are you talking about I you know I hadn't heard of it <clears throat> when I got here yeah it's, it's probably been one of my greatest experiences as far as playing playing professional football I got some, you know made some lifelong fans and like I said earlier the, the fans were the best what are some of your memories of that 2013 season starting maybe with the regular season and then heading into the playoffs uh, you know, one of the, my first memories, it goes even further back to camp. I think Coach Chamberlain, early in camp, maybe one of the first few days, he put a countdown on the board to when the Great Cup was happening. Um, it was our goal from day one. So we were 100% locked in on playing the game. And I think the kind of the message was, we're hosting the Great Cup. We can't allow another team to come, you know, win the championship on our field. And I just remember... We were we were laser focused, you know, the whole time. Like that was the goal. It was a great cup or bust. And so to you know, to achieve that goal was great. Um, along the way, obviously, I think a lot of it's a blur now. But mm-hmm. I, I, the jump into the playoffs, I'll never forget that game at home against uh, against BC because it got you know got kind of tight. A little worried at the moment, but we, you know, I remember Darren Durant making those two late runs, kind of putting the team on his back and getting us over the hump. You've watched a lot of football. You've played a lot of football. Have you ever seen a quarterback really play at that high a level uh, for th- for the playoffs and the Great Cup championship? I- I've never seen a quarterback play as well as Darian did throughout that run. Have you ever seen anything like that? No, I can't say that. Not somebody that I, you know, a, a teammate mm-hmm. being up close and seeing it, seeing the work he put in. I mean, it, it, I mean, obviously to play quarterback at a high level, a lot goes into it, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. football is the ultimate team sport. A lot of moving pieces. Everybody has to be on the same page. But for the for the one with all the eyes on him, and he's holding the field. Yeah, he he, he stepped off. I'm proud of him. That's another one's guy uh, I'm still friends with to today. So it's cool, cool to think about that memory. And I think I laughed about that with him recently. Like, so you, how he showed up, but nah, I love it. Yeah. So he, so you talk to him. You talk to him quite often. 
Uh, yeah, we pre- we keep we keep in touch. Uh, Darren, I I talk to Corey Sheets. Oh, nice. Pretty often. All my DBs, the Wolfpack, Tristan Jacks, Jackson, Macho Harris, Rod Williams, Weldon Brown, uh, Tyron Backer. Yeah, every we're all pretty close. That's great, and the, and those. That's what I try to. To, when I'm talking to kids, that's what I try to talk to them about: is that you you will build relationships through this game that will last forever, and that sounds like it's the same for you. Hundred percent. I think even a little more in Regina. Um, there's not there's not a, a you know ton to do, you know, mm-hmm. so it allows us a lot of, a lot of opportunity to bond, right? So we got closer and then when the, you know, when the weather gets cold, we're all in the house together. And you're on this journey trying to achieve this goal that we set out, like I said, early in the season. And then to have that, you know, that that's that fit, the seal to the bond is executing and completing the goal and winning that championship. I mean, how, how tight was this locker room and how important was the locker room and just some, that's something that you really can't measure. It's not like a 40 time or anything like that, but how tight was the room and how important was that in winning that championship in 13? I think it's, that was probably the, the key component. Cause I think we were actually, we were genuinely friends. So, you know, with friendship, you know, you, you're honest with each other, you're accountable for each other. So if I'm, if I made a mistake, I won't even call his friends with brothers. I I expect my brother to correct it, get on me, and then I'm gonna and I'm gonna get better because I wanna I wanna be better for my brother. So I think we truly had that brotherhood. It was across the board, across both sides of the ball. That receiver core—I've never seen a group of receivers so tight. You think Justin, Getty, mm-hmm. Bag, Todd—that that whole crew—they were they were close as can be, and you just saw that same energy. Across the whole field, the O line, um, D line, everybody. So it was something that you know, permeated throughout the whole team, and I think it was a real big reason why we were able to just like you wanted to win for the person next to you more than yourself. Great cup ring. How much do you wear it, or are you one of the guys that kind of locks it away for safekeeping all the time? How much do you wear it? I'm one of those. I keep it in. I have it still in the box. I gave it to us in the display box, and I keep it on my on my bookshelf. So yeah. it's a conversation starter when I have guests. Try to see if they can pronounce the the province. <laughs> I, uh, I don't wear it. I don't wear it often, but I keep it out, so it's it's always top of mind. Well, champion forever, Terrell. Thank you so much for uh, joining us. And anytime you want to come back to the province, you know the fans would love to have you. Yeah, I got to get back soon. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, definitely to to any fan that has a chance here, it's like you guys make us go. Love y'all. Love my experience because of the fans. I think that's the most humbling thing in the world when you see someone wearing your jersey because it just shows that somebody appreciates all the hard work you put in. So I really love my time there. Thank you, Terrell. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Sports Page. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. All right, welcome back to the show. 936-6262, our text line powered by the Capital Auto Group. All our guests come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline. Ask about the Rough Rider Sweet Deal. And when you do, you can ask about how you can get in on that uh, to watch a game uh, from a luxury suite. 
I think it's next season that's going to happen. But anyway, yeah, check that out at Western Pizza. Leonard, you guys are hilarious with your public address announcing skills. Okay, Leonard. Sean Kleisinger's a public address announcer. I'm not, I've done it for kids hockey, but I'm not a professional, that's for sure. Um, you'd love to do that professionally, wouldn't you? Yeah, that's, I mean, outside of doing play-by-play of, you know. Sports. Of sports, public address announcing. I think it's it's not appreciated as much as it should be. I agree. Yeah. Not many people talk about the public address announcer. But Is it harder to be a football public address announcer or a baseball public address announcer? Football, it's not even close. Yeah? Yeah. A lot more to do. Baseball is... Pretty boring, actually. It's the easiest... Well, baseball is the... I've done baseball, hockey, football out of those three. Mm-hmm. Baseball's the easiest. Hockey's hard. Hockey's can be... Hockey could be easy, but it can also be hard... The thing about hockey is you could be sitting there for like 10, 15 minutes and not say a word, and then all of a sudden, just a fear yeah, like there's of names. A, there's like a, if there's a brawl, goals. and you got tough names, too, a yeah. lot of tough names. But football is the hardest because it's always something. you got to yeah. always say tackle or yardage or yeah. whatever, right? But to me, I feel like uh, football is almost like the easiest for me to because yeah. I, I like it the most. You love it the most. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, 936-6262 if you want to send us a text. Um so this is a trend they're saying. Um, thanks to flex hours and working from home, triple peak workdays might be the new norm. There were always two peaks in productivity at 11 a.m. and 3 p.m., but now there's a third one around 10 p.m. because people are leaving work early than logging in to finish up later. So what's happening is is they're going to work, right? They're, uh, they're uh, leaving at 4 and then finishing up their work or stopping work at four and then logging back in around 10 to finish up because a lot mm. of people are working from home. I'm not the whole working from home guy. No, I, I do I do have a studio. I do a lot of work from home, but I wanted to... They said, you could work from the home if you want. And I'm like, no, I want to come in and it breaks things up. I can't, I can't stay that focused at home too long. Well, it would be tough. Tough on a person mentally if you had to sit in your own home all the time, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. It would be for me. I would get mighty depressed. Yeah. I, I, I don't... It's... It, I mean, it's good and it's bad, but uh, no. Like, With that said, don't get me wrong. Who I I love my bed. I love. To- <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. Okay, nine three six sixty two sixty two. The number to call locally, or toll free one eight six six seven six seven zero six twenty. You can't have one in ninety days. Okay. I think it's pick the score here. We got to do. Yep, we got two more tickets to the August sixth game versus the Crumminator. So what happens is, is if you call right now nine three six sixty two sixty two or one eight six six seven six seven zero six twenty, and you pick the score, you automatically will be going to that football game, a Sunday contest against Bob Dice and the Ottawa Red Blacks. And then it says to pick the score. So if you're closest to picking the score or hit it right on the money and we pick your name, boom, you are getting a $200 gift card to Sastel or from Sastel. And then you have an opportunity to go in the big grand prize draw, which is a sweet experience. You'll watch a Rough Rider game with three others next year from a luxury suite. Let's go to the phones. Who do we got? Let's say hi to, hi, who's this? This is Derek. Hi, Derek. How are you? Not bad yourself. Good, Derek. When's the last time you won here on 620 CKRM? Uh, I think I won something last year with um, with uh, like the after the rider. 
Okay, so it's been over. It's been over ninety days, is what we're saying here. Oh yeah. Well, how are you feeling about your Rough Riders? Oh, I'm not. I'm a Bomber fan, but oh, <laughs> so why would a Bomber fan call into a Rough Rider radio show and want to win tickets to watch a good football team for? Oh, that's why you want to watch a good football team, right? Well, Bob Dice is coaching, right? Ah, that's right. I love yeah. Bobby Dice. Bobby Dice is a good guy. Hey, <laughs> CFL football, CFL football. Still good CFL football. If I had a chance to win bomber tickets, I'd go too. Uh, yeah, why not? Put a bag over my head. I'm not too far away. I'd put a bag over my head and go to the game, but I'd still go to the bomber game. I wouldn't want anybody to know I'm actually going. You know, Winnipeg's a great. A lot of writer fans do have bags on their heads when they come to the banjo bowl. Ah, that's hilarious. You know what? It's funny. Whenever I go to Winnipeg, like when I'm on the rider bus, I I ask them kindly, could you please back into Winnipeg so it looks like we're leaving? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Anyway, uh, I joke, Darren. I joke. I love all the fan bases, just I love ours more. Okay. So what's the score? Obviously, you're going to pick the Argos to win, so go ahead and have at it. Yeah, I'm going to be picking the Argos to win, absolutely. And I think the score is going to be 27-3. to We're going to get three points. Now, are you saying that because you hate the Riders, or are you saying that because you really okay, believe you we're only going to get three points? Let's give you a rouge and make it 27-4. to four. Okay, 27-4. to four. Now he's just having fun with us. Okay, <laughs> you you do know, hey, you do know. Darren, you do know something, though, Darren, right? You do know that Father Time is tapping on the Blue Bombers. Like you oh, do, I know that. You, you, do know, you. you do know, Darren, the Bombers are just a good team. They're not a great team. Like, their tackles are old and slow. Adam Big Hill is not as fast as he used to be. Be, and Zach Kalaros, circa 2018 with the Riders, is running for his life. So and they're like, still five and two. Yeah, I can't believe it, they're know? five and two, and they're a good team. I'm not saying they're not a good yeah. team, but they're not a great team. Like they're not the BC Lions or the Toronto Argonauts. You know that, right? I I, I did have a question, if I could, though, and it's yeah. actually about Calgary. I just had a question for Michael Ball yeah. and yourself. Yeah, is, is it possible that the Calgary Stampeders are two and nine going into Labor Day? and Edmonton are actually tied with them with two wins. Now, in saying that, mm-hmm. Saskatchewan may only have three wins come Labor Day. You think so, eh? There could, there, could, there could be three teams in the West with three, two, and possibly zero or two wins. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's possible? Well, the Riders are going to get win number four on Saturday, so you heard it okay. here. And then um, they will uh, come and beat Ottawa. So they'll have five. The Riders will have. The, I think the Riders will be uh, five and five at the turn, I think. Five and five when they face the Blue Bombers. And then they'll win the Labor Day Classic and then lose the Banjo Bowl and be six and six after 12 games. Uh, Calgary. I think Calgary's going to beat Montreal this week, so I think they'll they'll write that ship a little bit. I, I still don't think they're the. I've predicted their demise for a little while. I don't think. You, you, hey, I wouldn't be sad to see him two and nine and Edmonton two and nine. Let's be honest. I'm not a. You know. Anyway, so you've got a twenty-seven four Argos score. You've automatically got two tickets to that game, Riders and the uh, uh, Ottawa Red Blacks on Sunday, August sixth. And if you are right, which I hope you're not, uh, you will get a two hundred dollar gift card to Sastel, and then you'll be in the running to watch a Rider game in a luxury suite. Okay, I said a Rider game, not a Bomber game. Oh, wow. Okay, Darren. Okay, that's that's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. Hey, that, I've got a lot of Rider friends here in in. Uh, in Brandon, so oh, that's good. good. So, are you literally going to drive here to watch the game next Sunday? Sure, why not? Yeah, why not? I love it. You know what? Yeah. You got you're a CFL fan. I love it. Good on you, Darren. Good on you. We'll speak a little slower because you're a Bomber fan, but hey, it's all good. Do you uh, like the Wheat Kings? Do you like the Wheat Kings? Are you a Brandon Wheat King guy? 
Uh, I don't follow hockey, to oh. be honest with you. Because oh, Ke- Kelly yeah. McCrimmon bought, uh, brought the uh, Stanley Cup back yeah. to uh, to uh, Brandon there. No, absolutely. Well, hey, man, hang on the phone. I hoping Paul Maurice would have won there with Florida. Yeah, I like Paul Maurice. Yeah. Okay, hang on the phone there, bud. My buddy Zinger will get your information, okay? Great, thank you. All right, that's Darren. Another satisfied customer, even though he's a Bomber fan. We'll be back with more of the Sports Cage in a moment on 620 CKRM. Sports ticker for Busy Bee Overhead. Busy Bee will repair or replace your residential or commercial garage doors so you don't get stuck in or out. Catch the buzz. Busy Bee Doors, the garage door specialists. The Toronto Blue Jays won big today, 8-1 to over the Los Angeles Dodgers. So the Blue Jays looking pretty good if it wasn't for that late-inning collapse last night. But I'm looking at the... Standings right now, the Toronto Blue Jays are 57 and 46. They have that last wild card spot. Two games up on the Boston Red Sox. Still a lot of, you know, a lot of games to go here in the regular season on uh, July 26, but uh, it's getting exciting in Major League Baseball. Your hard work, it allows the world to feed itself every day. Your rye, your wheat, and your barley. Your flax, lentils, and beans. Millions and millions of people need you to be out there. So while the world is relying on you this harvest, you can always rely on us, Ibarasa and Sons. If you need anything this busy harvest season, we'll be there. Ibarasa.com Let's round the bases. Time for today's Sports Cage Regina Red Sox report on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Red Sox coming up with a 7-4 loss to Lethbridge yesterday, but that Brantley kid's hitting the ball, isn't he, Zinger? Cameron Brantley, he's hitting home runs left, right, and center. Well, technically to right field. He's a left-handed hitter, so he loves to pull the ball down the right field line. He hit a home run yesterday. The other night, he had a walk-off home run in the bottom of the ninth inning, so maybe some more of that tonight. Like you said, they lost yesterday versus Lethbridge. They played Lethbridge again tonight before hosting the Weyburn Beavers on uh, Thursday and Friday, which is, yes, tomorrow and then Friday, so a lot of baseball to be played at Curry Field, but after this week, only two more regular season home games left on the schedule, so if you want to come out to the ballpark, uh, do so right away. they got a great menu down at the Canadian Brew House, and all the sports you can handle under one roof, plus lots of great drink specials, too, and a brilliant patio on these warm summer nights to hang out on or afternoons, whatever you want to do. Go check out the Canadian Brew House, the fine sponsor of the Regina Red Sox Report. The kings of Saskatchewan sports talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. And no big shocker, my Padres lose to the Pirates, so they'll be selling off here right away. 3-2. But the Blue Jays, who blew a 7-3 game, losing 8-7 to the Dodgers yesterday, get right back at it, take 2-3 of from the Dodgers. They smoked L.A. 8-1. And the Toronto Blue Jays are nestled nicely into a playoff spot here as we are fully in the dog days of summer. We're just endeavoring to get a hold of our friend Ben Wagner for Around the Horn. 
And uh, I do believe we have them, so we're going to hit the music first here, Zinger, if you can for me. We're talking baseball with the latest on the Jays and the MLB. It's Around the Horn with Ben Wagner on the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Well, Ben, we've been paying our bills here by doing this uh, mediocre radio show, so thanks for coming on here and boosting our ratings. So, uh, yeah, we didn't get a chance to really watch the Jays except for through the box score, and it looked like they were in command right from the start. Well, your name is Bo Bichette. You're back in command, aren't you? After a little bit of a lull, and I guess we expect so much of so many of these young Blue Jays. But Bo Bichette has been the model of consistency. So anytime there's an offer next to his name for multiple games, and it really wasn't that long. Over 18 seems like an attorney, though, with Bo Bichette. But he has an amazing series in L.A., and he was in the driver's seat for a Blue Jay team that was on the cusp of sweeping the three-game series at Chavez Ravine, but taking two out of three from a very good Dodger club, you'll pack your bags and head home happy. Yeah, no kidding, man. And that's what I love about uh, this uh, more interleague balance schedules. You get these uh, these series in places the Jays don't usually go to. I love uh, I love watching the Jays at Chavez Ravine. It's it's incredible, right? With the ebbs and the flows of teams that you may you know, not see for years at a time, but now that you have the balanced schedule and the Padres are a prime example. And when we talked, welcome to the, the, the roller coaster of the season, right? Uh. You take all three against Atlanta, then you go up against San Diego and it, you know, the, the world flips upside down because of the series and how just different they were. And, you know, could things have gone better in Seattle? The Blue Jays certainly thought they were going to go better. Beaten by a former Blue Jay uh, to open up the trip in, in the very first ball game with Teoscar Hernandez going over the head of Springer late in that ball game and then uh, dropping two out of three in Seattle. Not, not ideal, especially with the tiebreaker scenario now falling into play, perhaps with Seattle. And, and then you rebound and go to Chavez Ravine. It gets a really good Dodger team. So the, the fact that the Blue Jays are in L.A., always huge. Superstars in the Blue Jays lineup in L.A. Always going to magnify the situation. Plus, the Dodgers are really, really good. They're really, really good, and they've got very good players. But the Blue Jays really had a nice series overall. You know what's funny about the Dodgers, and I, I don't say it funny, haha, because I'm a Padres fan, so I thought, okay, this will be the year the Padres, you know, they roughed them up in the playoffs, but hey, maybe they'll win the division. Everybody thought the you know the Dodgers would take a step back. They lost some to free agency, and everybody thought, okay, they're 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 squirreling away their pennies, so to speak, because they're going to take a run at Shohei Otani. But hey, the clock keeps ticking, and they keep rolling. And they sure do, and they're going to get better, right? When you go out and you trade, you you make a deal mm-hmm. to solidify, hopefully, one defense, two plug a hole in your in your lineup. That's that's a that's an organization that certainly isn't just punting on a season and the West is wild for a reason. And it certainly is on both divisions uh, or both leagues from the American league side. And then the national league side, uh, I really, really have liked watching what LA has done to last five, six years, both in free agency, both in their farm system and certainly what they've been able to do at the deadline or at least ahead of the deadline, making moves to make themselves perhaps what a contender, but also making sure they don't punt in situations where they would maybe fall a little bit short. Holes in the lineup, given matchups, holes defensively, working on run prevention by going out and shopping, and shopping and making deals. And 
that's certainly what L.A. has been able to do, and it's a reason why there's such a perennial powerhouse over the last decade. What do you think the Jays are going to do with the trade deadline right around the corner? Do you, what do you see now? that we Last time we talked, we weren't kind of sure. It's kind of a obviously a fluid thing here, uh, but uh, a nice series here. What do you think for, for them going forward? You know, I think they're going to be aggressive. And if if the indication is what they have already done, uh, and and not the big splash, but Ross Atkins and his comments right at the tail end of the last homestand before they went west through Seattle and Los Angeles, very telling. And about as open as what you would ever find any Blue Jays executive to be, where they addressed some needs and some awareness on getting another left-hander. What happens in mere days after those statements? They go out and get Genesis Cabrera. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, they've got an extra lefty in the bullpen. Another lefty in the bullpen that also syncs up with Tim Meza last night. And that's a one-two punch the Blue Jays have literally never been able to do. They've never been able to stack two left-handers. And I know, yes, you can go back through the box scores and you can point at individual left-handers. But you have to look at where the Blue Jays are now crafting their bullpen deployment. And you have to say back-to-back lefties, back-to-back high-leverage situations. This is way different than any other scenario that the Blue Jays have been in, really going back to 2015. Uh, and you've got Tim Mesa heavily relied upon. You've now got Cabrera to lump in there, go back-to-back lefties in these little pockets. So this is really important. And they've addressed some needs with the right-handed power. It sounds like they're kicking uh, significant moves around to become more right-handed, find a, a right-handed power threat into that lineup. And and I know I over the last year, I think of when we've been talking, mm. uh, we've focused on too many right-handed bats and right-handed heavy, but this is a different deployment in how you would use a right-handed hitter, especially a late-game right-handed hitter, mm. where now early in ball games you can have the cycle of Brandon Belt, Dalton Varshow, Kevin Bejia and the mix-and-match philosophy that we've seen from the Blue Jays. But now all of a sudden you've got a thumper that's available or a high-contact guy, good exit below guy uh, available on John Schneider's bench. That changed the entire dynamic of how you would manage and think about your switches late in ball games for the Blue Jays. So I think there is definite a route for the Blue Jays on where they would go in a right-handed hitting situation if the deal makes sense. But they're going to make some deals at the trade deadline or at least in the days now leading up to the trade mm-hmm. deadline. If it is right, they will pull the trigger. And this is a much different situation in the last three or four years where they won't hesitate if they've got something they like in front of them. Uh, lastly, where does Chavez Ravine, the stadium, Dodger Stadium, where does that rank amongst the stadiums that you know, you've seen or been around in Major League Baseball? Put it on the bucket list. If you're a baseball fan and you like kind of the cathedrals of the game, the Wrigley Fields, the Fenway Parks, put Chavez Ravine in Dodger Stadium because it is incredible. When you approach Dodger Stadium and you're walking up, it looks like you're just walking to a ticket window. And you see the Dodger logo and you see the team store. All of a sudden, you walk through the turnstiles and you're at the very top of Dodger Stadium. And it opens up into the ravine. You see the mountains off into the distance. You're at the very top of their tiered seating. And it is an impressive scene hmm. right away when you step foot into the ballpark. And then if, you, if you're fortunate enough to walk in towards field level and on one of the lower levels, maybe you've got tickets to the outfield seats, then you realize the grandness of what Dodger Stadium is. And being there in the past, I can guarantee you that you're incredibly aware of where you're at, the place that it holds in baseball history, but also the fact that this thing was built 
but it's now one of the oldest stadiums in Major League Baseball. It's been built in a time, and it's sat in this little time capsule and preserved because of the weather that's there in Southern California. Mm. You don't have to go through the, the rigged winters and wind and the change in the seasons and the water and the water damage for every ballpark that's in cold weather. Mm-hmm. But Chavez Ravine never has to endure that, and that's why it's just this perfect little place in baseball history. It's really, really awesome. You painted some great word pictures there, as you always do, Ben Wagner. Thanks for your time, man. Big series coming up against the Angels. That should be fun to watch at the Rogers Center. Big homestand. Big homestand, period. L.A. and then Baltimore rolling in. Should be a lot of fun. I can't wait, man. Thanks for your time, man. My pleasure, Mike. Appreciate it. That's Ben Wagner, radio voice of the Toronto Blue Jays. Back with more in a moment on the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM.